Are you trying to do it all and do it all flawlessly? Break away from the cult of perfection with best-selling author and founder of Girls Who Code, Reshma Sajani, on her podcast, Brave Not Perfect. Each week, Reshma explores ways we can be braver in our everyday lives because bravery is a habit you form. She'll help you build that muscle so when it really matters, you're ready to take on life's challenges. Tune in and subscribe to the Brave Not Perfect podcast wherever you're listening right now. Support for this show is brought to you by the new Audible original, The Baddest Bitch in the Room by Sophia Chang. In her groundbreaking audio memoir, this unsung legend of the music industry shares her fearless journey as the first Asian woman in hip hop who managed icons from my personal favorite, like Wu-Tang Clan, A Tribe Called Quest and more. Hear her inspiring life story featuring tales of marriage, motherhood, and martial arts, and keep an ear out for an audio appearance by the RZA, Method Man, and others. Listen free with a 30-day trial. Just go to audible.com slash grown baddest. Do you love true crime podcasts but get worn out by all the murder, blood, and death child? Anything like me. Then I think we just have uh, the thing for you, girl. Lacey Mosley, a.k.a. the Scam Goddess, loves fraud, hoodwinks, hoaxes, swindles, and double crosses, which is why she created her new show, Scam Goddess, a podcast dedicated to all things fraud coming to Earwolf Tuesday, October 1. Each week, Lacey sits down with some of our favorite comedians to talk the hottest hoodwinks, greatest grifts, and dubious double crosses in history. Comedians like Nicole Byer, Paul F. Tompkins, Lauren Lapkus, Jamie Loftus, Carl Tart, and more. Check out The Scam Goddess when it premieres October 1st. You can subscribe now on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen. I know you're rising the morning sun. I feel you touch me in the pouring rain. And the moment that you wander far from me, I want to feel you in my arms again. (laughs) Then you come to me like a summer breeze. Keep me warm in your love. In your soft please. And it's me you need to show. How deep is your <laughs> You were so close to remaining in the in the same key. That was really rooting for me. Yeah. I had to cough in the first 15 <laughs> seconds of silence. I, I, was, I thought you were gonna make it through we were, the verse. You can still root. You can root Tyra. I was you rooting. Root. I was we rooting for you. keep rooting her. Why do you give up on these girls? You did not make it. Don't give you up didn't on your make black it. girls. You didn't make it. <laughs> You didn't make How deep is your love? love? How deep is your love? I really need to learn. That's the Bee Gees. Yep. You know, PJ redid it. Ooh, PJ does everything right. PJ (laughs) did it with Yeba. It was a dream. Ooh, Mm. I loved how she flipped Oh, it was so good. Mm. Mm. Praise the Lord, niggas. Praise the Lord, niggas. Welcome back to Getting Grown with Jade and Kia. I'm Kia. I'm Jade. And we have some guests tonight or today or whenever y'all hear this. There are guests here. And um, very special guests. Very special guests. We're going to talk about some things and we have asked our sisters to join us around the kitchen table. We not only have, hey, friend, hey, it's mad rigorous. 
come home. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> but we have been joined at the kitchen table by none other than the one and only Crystal Jean TV West. TV star! All right. <laughs> Crystal Jean West this. is with us. All right. Hold your applause. We <laughs> found out today you have a uh, you have a TV show coming. She found What'd out today. Oh, Tristan, no. Tristan told her. He was like, she, she goes, Noah said to her, she said, you know, if you have a podcast and have merch... <laughs> You're famous. Oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I have from? no clue. <laughs> she was talking to you. She said merch. So I was wow. like, she goes, Mommy, sometimes I wear your merch to school. Wow. She wears my J-Next D-shirt. <laughs> she says merch. So Tristan goes, well, you know your Auntie Crystal got a whole TV show. She does? How oh, on no. Earth? Where? <laughs> he was like, on TV. She was like, oh. Well, if you have a podcast and you have merch, <laughs> <laughs> am I getting my Barbie dream house? <laughs> It was I a lie. I have literally Why no clue. When all of your aunts and uncles are in media, I know. every single one, <laughs> every single one. I'm a little embarrassed. The, the other this, day when oh, we were all in your living room playing with her and mm-hmm. um, Nikki's son, mm-hmm. I was looking around like this is quite <laughs> the auntie and uncle it group. <laughs> if she has no clue, she just think everybody's just there. She, she was just, telling us to shut up. Yeah, she's yeah. like, I don't know who you niggas are. I don't care. <laughs> Making us stand play her for game. y'all. Right. I'm like, that's fine, ma'am. I just will never get over her little short ass FaceTiming me to ask for that Barbie dream. <laughs> I knew she was up to no good. She goes. <laughs> Mommy, can I FaceTime Auntie Crystal? It's a scam. And I was I like, her? why? <laughs> she goes, because I miss her. Oh and I was like, I feel like this is a lie, the but here's long, my phone. The long con. And then all of a sudden I hear her little feet run away, but she can't talk quietly. And she's like, can I have my Barbie dream house? I'll take the small one with the elevator. I'll take the small one with the elevator. <laughs> yes, because there's is that a the small one. There's a, that's the small one that I got. And the small one has a pool and an elevator and a, and slide. a carport and oh, a slide. Yeah. All that it's shit. It's not Brooklyn friendly at the all. The big one is like a thousand dollars. I have to. Mm. Yeah, How I have to imagine it? it takes up this whole damn room. Oh, I just don't yeah, know. that can't fit anywhere in New York City. But that's the small one, and it's like two hundred. I saw that box when and I. It's like four up. feet tall, right? Yeah, and three feet wide. Legit the size of my studio apartment. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. It's going to take up her whole thing. Noah hit that FaceTime button real quick <laughs> so that she could convey properly the urgency with which she needed this fed. dream house. And guess who showed the fuck up with the Barbie dream house today? <laughs> I told her, ask your mama. Oh, it's here? Yes. Oh, yeah, it's here. It's, it's in, in her room. Wait, you, you set could. it up? You set it up already? No, 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 she, no. no. Oh, I was about to be like, oh my mm-hmm. gosh, she's in the. Oh no, no. Oh, could you no. imagine if we knows. could have Facetimed our aunties in like 1989? <laughs> to be mm. like, no, cannot. I'd have everything. <laughs> <laughs> no, they would have told me to get get off their phone. <laughs> like, what? If you don't get out of my face with this foolishness. <laughs> and be like, where are it your books? It was so cute. I was like, I know it's a reason behind this phone because Noah do not just call me. Mm-mm. I said, it's a reason behind this phone. You call. answered. Of course I answered. Look at that divinity. <laughs> <laughs> you answered the damn phone. No, well, I mean, because she didn't start off with a FaceTime. She started with a regular oh, phone yes. call. And then she goes, oh, I want to see your face. Oh my God. And then mashed the, right. And then pressed the <laughs> FaceTime button. I'm like, what is going I was like, Archie Crystal is getting ready to go to the, the airport. <laughs> How are you, sis? She knows exactly what she's doing. I'm doing well. I'm a little I sound like uh, This right now Because I've been At church I've been singing all day But 
I'm fine. I'm doing just fine. I don't have any complaints. Uh, looking forward to. You look beautiful. Thank you. Dude. I mean, my nose. This yellow is, is like yes. This makeup, Girl, this hair. Your nose right. is not greasy at all. <laughs> I put this makeup on at 7 a.m. We're still holding. Well, on. it looks like you Listen, put it on seven minutes ago. These cheekbones, okay? Oh gosh, guys. Kia's face is hollow. <laughs> and these, you know, I say that teeth. when I be contouring, I be like, I want to I give think- like sunken <laughs> face. I want my yes. face to be sunken. It is Maleficent. Listen, I need the girls to be like, is Kia feeling okay? <laughs> like, mm, I want, I want to look love hungry. I, I just need to look like <laughs> I am dieting. Let's do it. But yes, I'm doing well. I'm really excited. We've been planning this show for a little while, and I'm excited that we're able to do it right now. But how are you guys Yay. doing? Yeah, how friends? are you all? I'm fine. I really feel like y'all can't call us guests. Like, I know, I know people you don't. I know. know and talk know. to and be with all the damn time. I know. <laughs> this is actually just like a Friday when Kia's visiting. Exactly. Yeah. Yay, We've all been on each other's shows so many times. It all blurs together for me at this point. I don't like, know how people yeah. are tired by now. Right. I know. Like, They're like, God damn, I'm sick of these niggas. We know your friends. Me? Shit. <laughs> damn, okay, bitch. Go home. Okay, we're back. But yeah, okay. we're we're. I'm happy to be here. I'm very happy to be here. Yes. I'm very happy you are here. How was Harry Potter world? Bitch, amazing. I saw your wand. <laughs> I was like, look at I you. Got, <laughs> so intense. <laughs> yes, I got my wand, and it's an interactive wand, so you can cast spells all around Universal Studios, so cool. and they do different cool. little fun things, and they have a bank ride where you can go down into the vaults of Gringotts where the goblins be at, and then they have a ride where you basically are learning to fly on a broom so you flying around with Harry and them that what? Is so trying to get past dragons and shit you get to play Quidditch like the the golden snitch is mm. right in front of your face yeah I know the y'all know what I'm snitch. talking about but who is that the like the no, main like it's not a person. it's a game no, oh. right Oh. Right, so Quidditch is the game Quidditch and it's the little gold ball <laughs> yes with the face oh, look you know why I know that why <clears throat> because someone made a meme I'm oh, putting Lord. six nine and then. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, I hate black people, but we can't have nothing nice. Literally, we can't. Nothing. We Not literally cannot. <laughs> but they have a Hagrid ride with the Hagrid. motorcycles. So, like, there's one seat that's a motorcycle, and the other's a sidecar, and you just go on this crazy roller coaster ride loop the loops and shit I had a ball that sounds like, so that fun. sounds like so you much you couldn't fun. tell me I was 12 years I wasn't 12 years <laughs> oh. old they have a train ride from one side of the park to the other yeah. so you go from Diagon Alley to Hogsmeade on the train Hogsmeade. it's just so fun I like how we're all like yay <laughs> Yeah, we go to Hogsmeade. I went with my nerd Harry Potter friends to get some. That's so cool. I want to have fun. I want to go. Shall I, I fly on a broom? Is, but nope. I would have fun. I'd be like, yeah, nigga, Heart War, whatever the, the White Walkers. <laughs> white Walkers. She says the White Walkers. Oh my god, that's a whole What's nother the show. Bitch. Name the bad guy, the Dementors. Voldemort. Voldemort. He looked like a White Walker. <laughs> but okay, all right, it's you got all it. <laughs> Thank you. It's I know. Fine. No, you don't. You haven't read the books. It's fine. It's Fred, fine. how was your week? <laughs> was it less magical? <laughs> My week was amazing. We had um, I curated a listening party for Lewis York. Mm-hmm. Yes, mm-hmm. you did. Of course, you did. 
did. And I'm very proud of it because it was amazing. The music is amazing. The album drops on the 18th. It's called American Griots. And Jaden XD actually just did an episode with Louis Yo. We did. And it was big fun. It was so much fun. I was listening to it on the way here. Um, but yeah, that was really fun. All of all our family came out, like all the New York based influencers and artists and music industry folks so it was like a nice mesh of all of my worlds and oh, yeah. all it your famous friends were all there. of my cool friends <laughs> so I was happy I felt very affirmed that's what I said <laughs> we had delicious food and cookies yeah and it was catered lots of liquor you see how I made yeah lots of liquor yeah. and I like vibed it out so it was like the lighting. The she put a purple light. I did. I had like, it did. smelled like incense. Sure. It was just resin. It was, a it was very face. friend. <laughs> <laughs> People literally followed the incense and knew exactly oh, what studio we were in. So my God. The incense in the week. <laughs> but yeah, Asher. I was proud of that. I was very that happy. Was the most friend shit I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> the album's so good though. Of course oh it is. God, no, it's, so it's a musical. Just it's a musical magic when it was over the uh listening session we were all like you know thank you for coming everyone can go home and nobody moved <laughs> it's like oh we're actually good here <laughs> that's right that's how you know no like, we were, people were like can time. you play it again and mm, it was like wow okay no we're gonna need you guys to go home <laughs> but no actually <laughs> let me so over. you guys can go right <laughs> <laughs> we only got the room y'all heard the 10, album guys. right comes so, out on the 18th guys uh, buy it yourself so good though <laughs> so I'm very home. very excited about Here that no I'm super excited for them it's their debut album yes that is so wild to me. Is After debut, all the music they right, put, right, right? right. They put out so much and, music. And Fran put together a playlist for pre-listening of a bunch of songs that they've written. Their discography, wow. yeah. You know, you got to gas your friends up. You have to. Russian Roulette, oh, Party man. in the USA. Grenade, Grenade by Mind. Grenade is so uh, My Life Would Suck Without You. you. So is My Life Bittersweet, Fantasia. Bitter, oh my God, just so much good stuff. Yes, <laughs> wait. <laughs> Pretty Girls Rock. Pretty Girl Rock. Ooh, I'm telling the, you. The only Carrie Hilson song I actually know. <laughs> so, the hits. The hits. Yeah. The, the, the hits. You, you like know grits, that song. Like Justin says. <laughs> well, we have trash to get into in a, in a kitchen table talk for your ass. Right. So... Yeah, I Let's can't wait to sit out the trash. trash. That's none of my business, oh, girl. <laughs> oh, no, I want you to peep right, chime right on in. <laughs> no, ma'am, please. Well, I have to t- tape two other shows this week. <laughs> yeah, bitch, so get into your pop culture brain. Wow, how rude! <laughs> okay. okay, it's time to take out the trash with our guests, especially Crystal, <laughs> queen of pop culture. <laughs> How dare you? Oh my gosh. I literally hate it. Everybody knows that. <laughs> I never it's know amazing what's going you on. Never know I don't know who anybody is. Me and Jay made Neither one content. of us do so. We are both useless on this show because we just be like, <laughs> we really are. Actually. We just be pronouncing people's name wrong. I'm sorry. Truth Have you seen told, that? I'll, no. be watching, I'll be looking at the blogs and I'll be like, yeah, that sounds Listen, interesting. <laughs> the pop culture stuff was not my forte ever <laughs> was not my idea ever. <laughs> well, I figured, you know, the rag, the few raggedy niggas we have listening. No, that's why I, I've learned to Google very, They'll very enjoy fast. this very quickly. <laughs> Always I've learned ID. to Google things very quickly. Very quickly. Yes. So I can figure out what's going same, on same. in Negronia. <laughs> well, first, so not, it's actually a kind of a negative trash today. Uh-oh. Uh, Botham Jeans, you, you guys remember Botham Jean? Yeah, I remember him. His murderer um, took the stand and said that she wishes she was the one who was dead. She wishes the, that he would have had the gun and shot her. Oh, that's the white woman that went into the house. That mm-hmm. we're not. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Mm-hmm. Went into that man's the house, house and shot him. Claimed she, she thought claimed was hers. Was her right. I'm like, but he wasn't the one with the gun, and now he's dead, and you're and you are here, and you're probably not gonna get any time. And I'm not gonna say the last part of what I was thinking. <laughs> I mean, you saying that means what, Amber? Right, or what whatever is that your name to is. Do? Like. At the end of the day, you were still a person, not even just a regular person, but a whole ass police officer, somebody who should be trained to react better. And you did the exact opposite of what you should have done. And your key did not work in your home. It did not. So at what point did you stop and go, oh, she, that is what wrong. gives you pause. Like, That's what stop, I'm saying. If stop. I've, I've actually never done this and I've come home high and drunk more times than I can count. Sis, every, and at no every point day. have I ever tried to force my way into somebody else's apartment. Not ever. If the key doesn't work immediately, you take a step back like, I'm on the right floor. Yeah, I've never gone right to the door. wrong floor. Like, never. So her explanation is trash. This whole, you know, I wish it was me. Okay, but it's not and it can't be. So who gives a shit? Right. Like that doesn't make me feel any better for you. I still want her to fry. Oh, white woman. And you saw they had the black cop on there that was saying he doesn't think she did anything wrong. And that it was Botham that posed the biggest threat. Yeah, you know, by being in his own house. Minding right. his, his business. House. Minding his own business. Minding his business Behind a locked home. door. Bitch. Right. I hope. Oh, okay. Never. Anyway. I mean, there's nope. no shortage of My niggas who will cape for white women. Ever. So. And I know they have their code of silence. You know yeah, they do. You know that blue lives they're matter They're definitely bullshit. blue before they're black. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Well, good luck to you. So Patricio Manuel, have you all heard of him? No. Patricio Manuel is actually the very first trans boxer. Oh, and uh, trans trans professional boxer who continues to break barriers is according to the Hades Room. Um, he continues <laughs> to break down I barriers. Was like, what? Hades Room. What side is that? That's the shame room. <laughs> oh, no. oh, my God. All Fred is so pissed. She don't even know. <laughs> the Hades Room. But he was just named as the new face for an uplifting campaign from boxing staple Everlast. Wow. Okay. Yep. Yep. It's only been less than a year since. Patricio officially became the first transgendered boxer ever to compete in a professional level fight. The 34-year-old, prior to that, the 34-year-old was a well-known female boxer before transitioning in 2013. So that's dope. I thought that was pretty dope. That's super dope. Yeah, good job. What's this person's name? About to Google... Patricio O'Neill Manuel O'Neill not Patrice O'Neill I was thinking Patrice (laughs) O'Neill oh my you right my bad (laughs) Patrice O'Neill you got to be quicker than that you got to be quicker than that you got to be more careful did they show pictures of the campaign? Oh, let's see. Well, let's look at this. Oh, go off. Let's Google real quick. You know, we said we do that. Oh, my word. Oh, he's okay. 34 years old. Yep. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's a good age. A great age. Oh, you know, they post so damn much. That Everlast I is such like a, like a staple that's name like the big, in the that's fitness like the top industry. One, especially for yeah. boxers. Boxing. Right. So. Oh, wow. Oh, okay. Just to be our true authentic self. I think that's and dope. Think that's something that's universal across oh, the world. Uh, and around the world, regardless of your race. That's dope. That's dope. 
don't know. So. I just automatically be deciding where the niggas are. <laughs> you are so annoying. I know. I am really trash. Well, good for Patricio. That Indeed. is uh, yes, good that for is him. Great news. I am very happy for him. Five million customers have been affected by a DoorDash security breach. Mm. What? Okay. Oh, no. oh wait, I don't use DoorDash. I don't use DoorDash. Stay in my house. Oh, I, I do. Use all Shit. Of what happened? Uber Eats yeah. steals somebody. All my money. They got. They get all oh. my delivery fees. I use all oh, no. the apps. All. I use Caviar. One. Seamless DoorDash Postmates Exactly <laughs> Wait, which app Wait why now? do you use So many <laughs> Caviar Because different it depends What you want on Different apps <laughs> What in the world <laughs> Caviar yes. That sounds very wealthy White woman Caviar oh, it is. <laughs> Yeah caviar is for Nicer restaurants yeah. There's no McDonald's oh. And Popeye's No on not at all If I want my good tie I go to caviar Not the good tie mm-hmm. The good tie yes. The good barbecue <laughs> If I want to get Barbecue delivered Caviar Yes Hi. Yes. But they had so, a yeah, security breach. Right. Five five million customers were affected by a security breach. So somebody hacked into the system, got into their credit cards and their bank accounts oh. and such. So DoorDash, uh, they they got to it real quick and they they rectified everything. However, make sure y'all check your things. Did oh, they send man. an email? Yeah, they sent an email to all of who were affected. Oh, okay, so I must not have been one of the ones. Sam, Sam. Look at God. Won't he do I mean, it? He, won't he do it? Because <laughs> I stay on that He keeps us. He keeps us. Even in our delivery every day. I'm These so hacks grateful. are wild, though. I feel like we're getting more and more of them. I received mm-hmm. a letter from... Like when you know when you go to the doctor and you have to do labs, mm-hmm. one of the lab companies. Oh no! Yes, sent me a letter to my house saying wow. our from your information was compromised. We're doing everything to fix it. I was like, what? It's a thing. Medical labs. It's a thing. I mean, even at work, I know it's one of everything the, at this point. One of the oh um, one of the uh, there was like a college or university that their alumni information. They were printing like, I mean, way, way back in the day before student IDs were student IDs and your ID was like your social. Mm, They sent out some mail with like people's social like on the envelope or something dumb. It was like, I saw it on uh, one of the higher red blogs. It was like, if you go to this school between these years, you might want to get a security, um, get your security thing on your credit. Because they they showed like the envelope and like literally under your name and address, it was like your social security number. I'm like, who signed oh, off? Hell no. Wow. Everybody needs no. to be fired. That whole development right. office needs to be closed down because what in the world? At that point, all they need is your birthday. Literally. To completely take over your life. Oh they God. put you like with your name and your address. You can find that on Facebook. <laughs> why would you sprint the why would you print the student ID number on the envelope anyway? It was like on the back of the <laughs> right. it was like it was so it was the oddest thing. Like why? that's so ridiculous. It was like not the it didn't have like the dashes, but back in the day. But a nine digit a nine number that digit looks number like a social. That is, <laughs> It's like, come on, guys. This is my social. What y'all doing? This is why all hackers are virgins. But even the companies that are supposed to be monitoring your credit and making sure you're safe. Experience. Even the credit companies themselves. Equifax. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. So it's like, how are you really... Protected. You're not. You're not. You're not. You're going to have to fight it uh, one one on one with the credit card companies or the mortgage companies or whoever mm-hmm. if it really happens to you. And you saw Equifax was saying they're going to pay everyone out one hundred twenty five dollars. Uh-huh. Oh, I thought that was experience. That was experience. was experience. I think it was experience. They sent oh, me a letter and they were like, do you want a credit? I was like, no, I want my one hundred and twenty five dollars. Please <laughs> send it to me immediately. And they said, well, we ran out of hundred and twenty. And that's not my business. You shouldn't have promised it. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you ever get it? I haven't got it. They don't have it. Oh no, they'll be waiting on that. I don't think anybody got it to be honest. I think only if you signed up for like the ten years of credit. Yeah, and they're like, oh, that's worth way more than one twenty five. Yeah, but I want cash dollars. Send me a check. (laughs) Need to roll that into my Uber Eats, girl. We're trying to eat over here. Yes, I don't know what you're talking about. I want my money. Roll that over to my Uber Eats. Had you given me a hundred and twenty five dollar Uber Eats? Hello. Then we could start talking. Then I would, I would be beating Brown at the like negotiation table. But y'all are talking crazy. Yo, y'all is such millennials. <laughs> and I'm fine with that. Totally fine. I no yep. problem. We're talking about your host should be in breach and you're like, but Uber Eats. I know. Like half these bitches, all their HPV is floating around the city. They're like, but no. <laughs> Candy and Todd are expecting another baby. Oh. This time via service. Surrogate. No, that's right. Oh, that's nice. No, that's so nice. they will be having that another one. That is so nice. Right, congratulations them. to them. That is so lovely. I wonder how the grandma feels. You know how she how is. Joyce is going to be just fine. That's right. Like, we having a baby. Please. Because <laughs> at the end of the day, oh, as yeah. long as Candy is paying them bills, exactly. Joyce is going so to fall in line. Joyce will be like, can I say something? Can I say it? She'll be like, come in. <laughs> And then you got the other little witchy one, and she's gonna be like, "They having another? Oh hell, they having another damn baby? <laughs> that little, that little, <laughs> she's so damn mean. Little witchy you know the little witchy That's one? That's you, yeah, exactly. Sophia. <laughs> that is me. I own it. <laughs> Lastly, did y'all see the video of the white lady no. at the CVS? Yes, I screaming did. Yes, I did. Those racial. You saw the yes, slurs. I did. She was. Oh, she. Oh, I saw the second half of it where she was just screaming nigger. Yes, she, she was, was like, literally. I Hate niggers. Hate niggers. I hate niggers. I wish all niggers would die. Like what? she said, Cali, right? Yeah, she was like, In if Cali, it was yeah. legal to kill niggers, I would. I would. Mm-hmm. Wait, wait, wait. So she walked into a CVS. Oh, I haven't even CVS. told you the worst of it. So this is a costume designer as well in Hollywood. She works she on. I think she worked on a show they said called Medium. Medium. Okay. Okay. Mm. I feel like I've heard of that. I heard of it after this incident. Okay. And but so she worked <laughs> in costume design. She got fired from her job. And so of course for this clip? Yes. Oh yeah. Oh, oh good. yeah. You know the shit went viral. Hey flash bitch. So of course you know <laughs> she posted an apology mm-hmm. and said <clears throat> And you know her apology came in the form of an Instagram story. Oh. She only wanted the shit to stick. Not an iOS I mean, she it won't even last an more iOS than twenty four hours. Exactly. <laughs> I hope the world knows we all as human beings have all made mistakes and gratefully regretted them later in life. Girl. Um, gratefully girl. regretted. Girl. I as a human made the choice to say some words that I should have never let come out of my mouth. I will no longer ask for forgiveness because what I did as a human was very inhumane and disgusting. African. Americans helped build this very country that I'm living in and I hate that I insulted the millions of them. I've lost my job, which I totally would agree on as well for the reason I've been let go. Please allow me to rekindle the love we shall nope. all share I'm amongst good, each bitch. other. Thank you so Fuck much. Fuck you. Bitch. Fuck out of here, Allison. How strange. <laughs> don't so, I don't know what her name is and I don't care to know, but May she choke on her Evian. <laughs> I mean, the issue is That's less tra- that you said the words and more that you felt like you should say the words. Yeah. Nope. Like, and, and I think uh, what I read of this story is that she was totally unprovoked. 
She literally yep. was in CVS buying yep. her Monistat 7 and whatever the hell else she was <laughs> buying. <laughs> and, and somebody as she was walking out, she walked out of the CVS and came back in and literally stood, stood in, in the, the doorway. doorway and screamed, I hate niggers about four or five times. And a, a black woman took out her phone and started recording her. And you can hear, like, sis was like, oh, she's clearly on drugs. Right? Like, she was like, yeah. she's clearly going through something. She was like, no, I'm actually fine. I'm actually completely lucid. Like she was not, oh she was, and she was like, <laughs> yeah. she looked the girl in her eyes and was like, I'm not on drugs. I'm in my right mind. I'm not drunk. I absolutely mm-hmm. just don't like mm-hmm. niggers. Like, and I was like, oh, wow. okay. Like, that's what's up. She's like, if it was legal to kill niggers, I would. Oh, well, get yeah. that bitch out I of here. I said, okay, Not that sis. we don't know this, but I'm this confused was in LA. by the apology. Exactly. Right. Like, like why Why? Why? So that she can get a job. No, because literally she's none of us care. Like, she's not going to be hired ever again. But how does she not think she'd be fired? Right. That's why I'm like, was she really? How did you not think you weren't going to get caught? Period. Sorry. You saw someone filming. <laughs> she's Come on, not at you all. know that's going to go viral. No, she's not. She thought she was going to be a white woman who was able to get away with some bullshit, and she wasn't. And so now, because she's getting flamed, and probably everybody who sees her is flaming her, and her life is crumbling and falling apart, she now wants to issue an apology. On Instagram. You know story. how people do. I hope they she drowns her in her own white woman tears. CVS Cynthia or some shit, whatever they be <laughs> 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 The already been fired, so. Right. CVS Cynthia. Um, yeah. <laughs> Love the hashtag. I mean, we do I it. That's what we Patty. do now. She's that is it is fun but man come up with cute names I love how all black bitches. people are like Lil Nas X to the bullshit the trolling they're like oh no we not gonna fight you we just gonna troll the hell out of you and that's ruin right. your life <laughs> that's right and God bless the internet find your Facebook your Instagram <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna find your grandma your children and that is the trash Lord. this week that's all we that's got really we gotta dear we have a beautiful shout out to get to <laughs> my sister's popping right now like we have a shout out, an email shout out actually this week. All right. So we're going to read. It says, greetings, Jade and Kia. I just want to first thank you for creating a safe space through your podcast for folks just trying to get through this thing called adulting. I'm an avid listener. And from the bottom of my heart, I appreciate you all to the depths of me. Oh, that's Aww. a verbiage. Bless you. I wish I was that thoughtful. That's so nice. Your podcast has gotten me through many writing sessions. And I'd like to give a shout out to my homegirl, Dr. Kalisa. Hope Kalisha. Via Fana. Okay. Who graduated summer 2019 from Florida State University as the first black woman to graduate with a PhD in nuclear physics. Hey. She also is the 96th Damn. black woman in the country to obtain this degree. Wow. I am over the moon proud of my girl. She's such an inspiration and has been such a support even in my doctoral pursuits. She's been featured in numerous publications about her accomplishment and recently a podcast uh, called um, I will put the link in the description box. Okay. She secured a position as a process engineer for Intel Corporation. Yes. I know for a fact that my K had a bright future and I can't wait to see the impact she makes for girls of color in STEM. I love it. Love you, K. And that's from Corbin. So I know it's not graduation season, but I thought that warranted a, a good you shout out this nuclear week. Nuclear physics? Yes, Man. baby. Nuke, uh, PhD in Jeez. nuclear yeah. physics. And only the 96. 96 Fuck black that. women in the country. <laughs> wow. To obtain this degree. What the hell even is nuclear Child. physics? Nigga. I was just about With, to say, I that's used why I'm so up. a lot. I used <laughs> Kia, what is it? I don't know. I was just about to say, <laughs> I used the calculator <laughs> app in my phone way more than I'd like to admit. <laughs> Okay, a Texas instrument. Me too. I or I just here. Google math questions. My mom is always. What is twenty percent of four hundred and thirty-nine? My mom is always laughing at me. I feel seen. 
Because she's like, 13 times you got nine. four degrees and you still count on your fingers. I'd be like, you damn right. Yes. Wait. I sure do. <laughs> 4, 8, 12, 16, 20, 24, 28, 32, 36. Like, I sure do. And then you stop and be like, I'll be over here like, wait, 40. Carry the one. Exactly. I'd be like, take. And I still say take away like an idiot. I'd be like, take away three. Okay. Listen, we all have our strengths. It just so happens that mine is not math or whatever the hell nuclear physics is. So shout out to that Shout out to Shout out to Corvette. And then we'll also make Lewis York our shout out to my bro this week. Absolutely. For their debut album that we talked about. So make sure you guys, it's on pre-order now and uh, you can purchase it on October 18th. And the link will also be in the description box. My pre-order is already purchased. Amen. Yeah. Hello Glory. and good morning. I love Lewis York. I don't want to so be late good. to. The, I don't want to be late to the function. No, don't because it <laughs> opens powerfully. Absolutely. Do you hear me? Powerfully, Man. all my ancestors were sitting right on my lap when it, when it happened. I was like, "Hello, friends." <laughs> <laughs> I was so friends. I was so sad I couldn't make the listening party. I was watching the stories, listening all extra, like maybe I can catch it. Mm, let me listen. <laughs> maybe I can catch a couple of words. XD had me crying. Oh my god! Did you see him when he was rocking? Oh my god! He was literally in a Negro so spiritual you know rock. You know when you do that, you saw the Neo Negro spiritual yeah. arms. He was like, mm, mm, at one point mm. I look over and he's just rocking. <laughs> With his eyes mm. closed, and then he looks up at me and goes, "Harriet is here." <laughs> yeah, he goes, "Way different." He goes, "She never left. She never left." And the monitor started flickering. He looked at me like, mm-hmm. "See, and dead ass." The, no, dead no, ass. The light ass, started the flickering. The light started flickering oh, when second. he said that. Yes, and you it was, know me. It was kind of wild. <laughs> Like, like, I was like, wow. No, but you already know that no. stuff. You know, you know they be here, <laughs> and you know Something places like be haunted. Of all the places, Harry don't Tubman make me tell them been. the okay, haunted you know what? story right. in Atlanta. Yeah, no, Harriet Tubman was there. On Wall and she Street. was fucking with the lights. <laughs> she, yeah, was. she was. Thank you. In all right, this weekend. <laughs> She was. She took the train. She was in Brooklyn. She got on the underground. Okay. Hello. We have a kitchen table. Okay. XD is a fucking fool. He is a so fucking idiot. funny. Oh wait, his his perfume, his cologne. Oh, yes. Okay, Delo. one more shout out to my bro. We have to shout. We have, we to, have talk to shout about out. This fancy yes, shit. So Delo- which smells good. Really on Can everybody? Everybody's been calling me like, wait, is this? Wait, what? This XD yes. got a what? I'm like, girl, he get yes. what you need. Okay. <laughs> yes. Don't miss the buzz. <laughs> Waft.com. I will put the link in the description box. It smells it's tobacco so nice. and citrusy and like musky. Oh, it's woodsy. just not woodsy. Yeah. He's been working nice. on this for so long. Mm-hmm. You can I tell. Can't, I'm just so glad it's like it's ready. So it well smells done. so good. And I it need smells some. different on everyone. It smells different yeah. on everybody's, but it Everyone's blends with everybody. But it's so nice. One time, uh, Santana tried on a perfume, and then I tried it on. It smelled like roach spray on me. It smelled <laughs> oh, amazing on my her. God. His cologne, I just fully expected it's it. Universal. Literally, I sniffed like five niggas. It smelled different and wonderful <laughs> on everybody. Yeah. So shout out to him. We're gonna make sure we put the link in the description box so you can purchase that as it's well. Yeah. Okay, we're officially to. done with our shout okay. outs. To try it. <laughs> Don't let the temperature be the only thing falling this season. Take the plunge and lose weight right at home with OpenFit. OpenFit takes all the complexity out of losing weight and getting fit. 
It's a brand new, super simple streaming service that allows you to work out from the comfort of your living room in as little as 10 minutes a day. No more worrying about others watching you work out or feeling the pressure to keep up with peers at the gym. OpenFit brings classes for all fitness levels right to you. Lose up to 15 pounds in just the first 30 days. So I love OpenFit. And the reason is when my kid and my esposo go to work and school in the morning, guess who has the entire house to herself? Before I get my day started, I turn on my open fit and I have a plethora of choices to help me get into my into my motherly fitness. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be feeling like a good stay-at-home goddess. It's absolutely wonderful. Open fit has changed the way I work out. And if you text our code GROWN to 303030, you can join us on a fitness journey personalized just for you. Right now, during the OpenFit 30-Day Challenge, our listeners get a special extended 30-day free trial membership to OpenFit when you text GROWN to 303030. You'll get full access to OpenFit, all the workouts and nutrition information totally free. Hello, where does that happen? Again, just text GROWN to 303030. Standard message and data rates may apply. A smell can bring on a flood of memories, influence your mood, and of course, enhance your natural style. But looking for that signature scent can cost you time and money. Thankfully, Scentbird lets you mix up your fragrance routine without breaking your pockets. So I love Scentbird because it allows me to smell absolutely edible for the low, low price of just a couple few dollars a month. Um, and they send me all of my favorite perfumes, Burberry, Terry Mugler, Gucci, Tom Ford, Versace, everything, that anything that I could ever want right there on the website. You just pick it. They send it to you. Come in these adorable little travel vials. They're amazing for on the go. Um, you can throw it in your purse or in your um, carry on. Literally everything you need right there. Scentbird is a subscription service, like I said, that sends you a 30 day supply of your luxury fragrance each month. Choose from more than 600 designer fragrance brands, including Tom Ford, Gucci, and Versace. And you can even sort by brand style, occasion, season, and more to find your brand new fragrance. They also have other products that you can choose from, things like skincare, wellness, and makeup. And with an exclusive offer just for our listeners, you can get 30% off your first month today. That's only $10 for your first fragrance. Go to scentbird.com slash grown and use our code GROWN for 30% off your first month. Again, that's Scentbird, S-C-E-N-T-B-I-R-D.com slash GROWN for you to try your first perfume or cologne for just $10. Sign on and smell amazing. All right, y'all, let's gather around the kitchen table um, to have a, a conversation I've been wanting to have for um, quite some time because it's something that I'm kind of navigating on my own and I talk to my sister friends about it. Um, and I thought it would be useful to open up this conversation because I feel like there are others of us who are um, also dealing with this. So we talk about how on the show, how uh, navigating changing dynamics in your parent relationships is a very is very much a big a big part of being an adult. Um, and we talked about moms on the show quite a bit, um, but we've never really talked about dads and um i've had you know my relationship with my dad is what it is (laughs) (laughs) 
the I end. should not have laughed at it. I'm so sorry, but it just came naturally. <laughs> Some that's shit how, is that's funny. how black people get through their pain, though. I just have to, oh, yeah. uh, you know, okay. Some shit is funny. You know, I just, we're doing the best we can. So my relationship with my father is what it is. It's, it's, it's definitely um, evolved. Um, which is, you know, kind of sad, but still, I mean, we're, I, I should probably stop talking. So, uh, I want, I wanted to kind of just have this con- conversation about like, you know, how relationships with our fathers have shaped our lives as adults. I know for me, I'm trying to work through different trauma, um, and heal, um, and I know this, like I said, this is something I've talked to, um, you know, my friends about and thought it would just be cool if we just opened a conversation, um, you know, uh, for the interwebs, because um, I know there are many people who are dealing with that as well. So I wanted to have this conversation. I wanted to invite my sisters because we all talk about this kind of stuff all the time. Um, and I just want to open it by by asking, um, you know, <clears throat> First, well, first, let me just thank you guys for for having the conversation with us. But I did want to open the conversation by asking, like, now that we are 30 something. um, Thank you. Yes. You know, (laughs) I'm mindful. That's correct. correct. I am Beyonce. (laughs) I feel that exact same way. Like, yes, thank you. I am in my mid 30s. What a blessing to have made it. Yes, indeed. In my life. Um, now that we're that we're here, that. what are some of the and I mean, what are some of the ways that our relationships with our dad have shaped our lives? Good, bad, indifferent. I don't know. Just kind of like throwing that out there. I don't know who wants to go first, but. Well, maybe we should start with the bitch who has a dad. <laughs> well, you no, know, I was. Damn. <laughs> You know, I was just going to stay quiet for most of this. I was like, one of these no, things I is mean, not because, no, I think it's important it's to have that balance. Like you're, you're in the minority. But, I am. I am. And I was in the minority of my friends growing up. Every black man is not a trash father. That's cool. no. awesome. Ours are, but yours is. It's an amazing, it's an amazing. My dad is amazing. Yeah, like we my should celebrate amazing. that. So, Center that. Yeah, and tell, tell us what that's like. Let us, daydream. Please. <laughs> Lord. Gather around, girls. <laughs> I'm going to tell you the tales of having a daddy. Oh, I'm getting snuggled in. <laughs> you just see their fucking faces. We really perked up. Um, yeah, I, I actually, I am in the minority. And I'm and I actually, it makes me very grateful because I recognize that most of my peers didn't have their fathers growing up. And um, or didn't have good fathers or their fathers were in and out or what have you. But my dad was an amazing. He was amazing. Aww. Like he really was. Um, still is. He still is. My dad's a wonderful father. I was a huge daddy's girl growing up. So I wanted to go everywhere with him. Basketball Aww. to the gym. I went with him on his jobs because he has his own uh, flooring company. So I go with him on all his jobs. Like that's how I learned how to install install wood flooring. <laughs> I can so literally literally lay somebody's floor if I wanted to. <laughs> That's why you Oh my god. She was doing flooring. Ty, She's feel free. Carpenter. <laughs> may, yes. <laughs> But um, he, my dad influenced my musical taste like and then he also set an example for me of what to deal with and what not to deal with in a relationship. And he's got flaws. Like, let's be very clear. He had a temper on him. You know, there were many times, (laughs) there were many times my mother would be like, 
put your shoes on. We got to go take your daddy a sweatshirt. He got locked up. Whoa. <laughs> but it would just Fun. be for like... It would just be for like, you know, it was his temper and like little things like that. So Mm -hmm. he's like, well, I'm not paying. I'm going to sit the three days. (laughs) So (laughs) he was he was a colorful character. So much like him. I'm literally like, wow, where have I experienced this? (laughs) I'm uh, trying to remember some jade ass shit. Well, they call my dad Conan and they call me baby Conan. Of course. I see it. Yes. Yes. If Tristan was ever like, uh, you got some cash in a sweatshirt, <laughs> I would be like, I already know what's up. We Let's wouldn't go. even flinch. Though, I would already man. know what's up. I'm, but don't bring me no sweatshirt. Y'all better bail me out. <laughs> <laughs> I probably, and I also said I would never go to jail again. Anyway, again. Uh, so, <laughs> never again. It's a terrible place. Um, but yes, I'm very grateful for the relationship I had with my father. He really, he really set a wonderful example for me in so many ways. He was a hard worker. Um, he grew his business significantly. Like I watched him start installing carpet in people's like apartments and then he elevated to like doing whole mansions and corporate corporate spaces and getting like crazy contracts with corporate spaces, doing all their flooring, tons of like celebrities and athletes. And so he really, he really did his thing and now, and created a successful business and still runs his business from another city, you know? So yeah, he got a job, (laughs) bitch. He got a company. Like he's, he's got sense. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So he's a tour. Like my friend. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, okay. But he, he was sing. a really he can sing his ass, ass off. <laughs> my dad can sing. Come on, dad. Like he can sing, sing, sing. He can sing, well, sing. That's where the apple diverted. Yeah. <laughs> Bitch, I told you I'm his twin. What are you talking about? You Jay know, are a hater. Jade and I both know that we cannot sing. And it's fine. It is fine. <laughs> it's fine. I'm still gonna keep singing. Right. <laughs> Even when people write in on that's, the comments and they'll be like, God damn, I gotta fast forward the beginning of the show. Well, fast forward, Hit them two triangles because the bitches go keep crooning. You can stay on key. (laughs) Well, only if everybody around me is on key. Maybe I'll put in a GoFundMe (laughs) and I, you niggas, can get me some voice lessons. No, but you you know why that is? It's because I can play an instrument. And Same. playing the piano, I learned to follow along. And then I was also in a Church of Christ mm-hmm. for a while, and they don't use any musical instruments. So, oh, wow. yeah. So when you're singing oh, in you church, you are... No, no, not Church of God in Christ, oh, you heathen. You know. Oh. Church, was sitting church on, of Christ. She was sitting on the roof. <laughs> so just, just, just please. You have to be... Take it easy with her. No, the so Church a of COC Christ and does a not... Yes, the Church of Christ does not use musical instruments in praise and worship. Why? Um, so their justification for everything is biblically based. And so they can cite some Bible verse that says we should not use instruments in the sanctuary or whatever. I personally do not believe that, but that sounds crazy to me. It was the church I went to. Me and my friends all went, uh, we had a good time going to church together. Sometimes I could get a good word out of it. So I continued to go. And I mean, really, as far as church is concerned, they're all going to be bigoted or messed up or crazy in one way or another. Yeah. As far as like me and my life go. Oof. So, but anyway, so I don't subscribe. when you, <laughs> when you are singing acapella with other people who mostly can sing mm-hmm. and you don't have the, the music to fall back on, 
you learn real quick to blend in with everybody oh, same. else. Same thing. <laughs> but every week Jay it's just me. Same. I'm same a great thing. alto. As long as everybody around me is <laughs> also it. a great alto. That's it. Yes. That's it, but what I cannot do is lead nothing. Jay. Well, Jay. I just Sit just take the out, Kia bro. wants you to no. not. <laughs> I too can sing along with a group of people. I can. Kia said no. You all will literally never make me me. feel bad about my singing. We're not trying to make you feel bad. It cracks me up. You know, facts are just facts. But I love your horrible ass <laughs> thank you so much friend you're welcome friend thank you when you were welcome. singing this week in front of Claude and Chuck I, I was didn't like, give I was like so she's really gonna do she's yeah gonna I did I told them with no in shame in front of people who can sing yeah <laughs> with, with absolutely like <laughs> negative shame <laughs> and guess what the niggas did sang along <laughs> like oh, we, it was a blast <laughs> I wish this was a video podcast because people need to see Kia's face dealing with you they really do I'm just I'm just waiting I'm just gonna be quiet until we Kia just over there tearing maybe yeah, one tearing. day somebody will give us a TV show mm-hmm. can yes. you imagine and then your daughter can call you famous and then you tell me how it feels no and all the Barbie houses <laughs> the thousand dollar ones <laughs> Yeah, she getting that thousand dollars. Back Bobby to the discussion. Snitch. That's right. That was okay. That was the tales of having a yes, daddy. Let's we were get not to the, talking about how Jade can nitty gritty. <laughs> how Jade's relationship with her dad has shaped her life, her adult life. In my confidence, absolutely. <laughs> she just out here singing loud and wrong. <laughs> Thank you. With and no shame. Continue. I think that's uh, so, shame. You know? And, that's and the it voice shall the Lord be. Gave you. That's right. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, how? Same question to to you all. How did your <laughs> really do you want to talk about yeah. that because sure. i feel like my experience is somewhere in between y'all's um i'm like where do i start mm-hmm. <laughs> well my dad just wasn't there he left when i was well it was a tricky situation because we still lived in his parents house mm-hmm. so i was raised with his family but he just wasn't there mm-hmm. Woo! so it was strange like he would call and he would visit, but was still like not interested. Man. It was a very strange dynamic. Mm-hmm. Um, First name Raggedy. Right. So he, I think I mentioned this Last on Friend Zone before. Yeah. It, it was a double life situation where he was in the military, um, made it seem like he had to be away at service all the time. But in reality, he had his white wife mm. and kids Ooh, in Virginia good. <laughs> and then had us in New York. Uh, my mom found out, you know, by accident. He called one day with the wife and Ooh. all of my my grandparents and my whole family was in on it. So it was like, of course. yeah. So how it affected me, obviously, trust mm-hmm. issues on a trillion. Because mm-hmm. you think if your parent could do that to you, yeah. then who wouldn't? Right. Um, so I had a lot of safety issues with uh, people and just on an emotional level, like not really knowing who to be vulnerable with. But instead, what I did was I actually took on his personality in a lot of ways Mm. where I would do these. (laughs) It feels so weird saying it, but in my relationships, I would like soften up just enough to gain the interest and then pull away. (laughs) So I was like recreating the dynamic that he had with me and kind of just doing that. But instead of being the victim... I was the perk. Yeah. <laughs> mm. And my grandma and my mom used to encourage it, honestly. They used to say, I'd rather them crying than you. So if that's the 
When you want to rock it, then rock it. Damn. So I left the trail of tears. And it's interesting because now with my brand, you know, (laughs) it's so based on mental health. A lot of the partners I had for a while, they were kind of like, hmm, interesting that you would take this position (laughs) of caring about all you ever did was break my heart. Exactly. (laughs) Yeah. But it's been awesome because they've also extended a lot of grace um, to understand that people have to come into who they are. Absolutely. I wonder if it's like one <laughs> or two way. of them who are like, this bitch. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> There's definitely one who throws it in my face when he's mm, mad at I'm me. Sure. <laughs> I'm sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think that's probably the, obviously I'm still uncovering the ways mm-hmm, that it's affected mm-hmm. me. I think it's like a lifelong Absolutely. process of seeing that. Um, but from what I have been able to witness up until now, it's definitely... Uh, manifested the most in how I view men and kind of just never wanting to get too close, Mm. but also messing with them, you know, like being like, (laughs) I need to know that I can have you, you know, like Mm -hmm. it was just twisted. It was twisted. I was trying to find love in very twisted ways. And then it took someone, uh, me like meeting my match, but it was awesome because he was like, I know what the fuck you're doing. I know why you're doing it. Your dad, this, did this, that, and that. Like, he just Ooh. saw right through it. He was a lot older. And that really kind of, like, snapped me out yeah. of my fog where it was like, whoa, like, these are childhood imprints mm-hmm. that I'm, like, unconsciously partaking in. And he saw it right before I did. Mm. Yeah. And it was fascinating. And me and him ended up being together for, like, six years. And it was a lot of reprogramming that took place. Um, so that was awesome. Yeah. <laughs> he changed my life. Yeah, he changed my life by seeing through that. And so now it's just been a matter of like rebuilding from where I'm at. But yeah, the trust thing, like, is hard to be vulnerable with people. Cause like I said, if your parent can can be like, yeah. you're not of value, yeah. then I battle that demon in every way with my work, with you know, love, friendships, people. Um, it's a it's a constant uh, retelling myself. Like you are a value. Mm-hmm. Just because your dad didn't see it has nothing to do with you. That's his storyline, not yours. Absolutely. Whew. What about you, Crystal and Wes? I mean, that's easier said than done. But yes. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> so real. A lifelong process. Mm. <laughs> so I grew up with my father in the home. My parents were married and all that other bullshit. Mm-hmm. But... He was, (laughs) I mean, you know, the stuff that niggas swear is what you need in order to have a good life or whatever else. Man. You know, on paper, we definitely had it. But in real life, it was something else entirely. Mm -hmm. Like, he was um, extremely smart, double majored in physics and chemistry in undergrad and then went to law school on top of that. Damn. Very brilliant. Mm -hmm. Very brilliant person. But had his own issues because of his own father who not until I was grown did I find out that his dad left them when they were kids and went and took care of another woman and her kids that were not his kids yeah Mm. not they weren't even his kids right he just went and took care of her and her kids right and left them so I know that you know I understand where his issues are coming from Mm -hmm. but he was even though my parents were married he was very emotionally distant I learned 
before I can even remember memories that my mother was the safe person to go to. Mm. That he was just, if something was wrong in any way, Mm -hmm. you did not want to tell daddy, like, go to mama because even if she's not happy about, you know, me getting an 89 on a test or whatever, it won't be like somebody flying through the roof, that sort of thing. And then um, as I got older, he developed a tendency to just leave. Mm -hmm. Like he would... This was before cell phones, mm-hmm. obviously. And I just shudder to think of the amount of shit niggas got away with. Ooh, man. Before <laughs> the late 90s. Oh, <laughs> I shudder to think. Wait, you know all the niggas got two and three families? What you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, right. Mm-hmm. But so he would like randomly disappear on a Friday, come back Sunday night. What? And was like, oh, I ran into my homeboy at the bank and we decided to go to St. Louis and gamble for the weekend or whatever. Oh okay. And it's like, you couldn't pick up the phone and call somebody. You couldn't run that by nobody. You just <laughs> left. But the straw that, so, so I'll say this from an early age, I knew that I wanted to be the exact opposite of my father. And yet I ended up taking on so many of his characteristics <laughs> in an effort to protect myself from people like him. Mm-hmm. And what is such like a mind fuck about growing up is realizing that he taught me to defend myself against people who are exactly like him. Mm-hmm. That's why Beyonce's song, The Daddy Lessons, mm-hmm. yeah. it hits every time. Mm-hmm. Like, daddy taught me to stay away from niggas like you. He literally did. Mm-hmm. And he literally taught me how to argue, how to fly, find the flaws in people's arguments, how to make sure that I'm right, how to research, how to, like, so many skills that have served me in uncovering nigga shit but then when I finally realized his shit mm-hmm. and was brave enough to call him on it, he could not handle it, mm-hmm. which, you know, is typical nigga. Mm-hmm. But <laughs> so, yeah, summer before my senior year in high school, I came home. I had like a job and a car and stuff. By then I was like 16 years old. So I came home one night that summer from hanging out with my friends or whatever. And he was packing a suitcase and I asked him where he was going. He said, oh, you know, to Louisiana to see your grandmama, because that's where we're originally from. Mm -hmm. And I was like, "Okay," because like it's very common Mm -hmm. for us to just go to Louisiana Mm -hmm. for a weekend or whatever. And so he left that same night. And the next morning, I remember my mama asking me, do you know where your daddy is? Mm. And I said, yeah, he's in Louisiana. And she was like, what? And that's when I realized that he packed to go to Louisiana and did not tell my mother that he was leaving. And so I was like, yeah, he was in here packing a bag, whatever, blah, blah, blah. And that man was gone for my entire senior year of high school. What? Yeah. Yeah. That was the big one. That was the big one. Yeah. That's when I was like, whoa. You know, at that age, and it was a it was a combination of the things he did that was like really traumatic and fucked up. And then like the random ways he would be really loving and supportive and how I had to deal with both of those and never knowing which father I was going to get in the morning Mm -hmm. that had me saying to my therapist, you know, I wish he was just not there. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, Um, I really wish it was just your daddy ain't been around since she was two. And so there's no reason for you to ever have any expectations. There's no reason for you to ever you know, think that he's going to show up or do something nice or something fun. I wish I was, I told her, you know, I truly wish that I had that experience because 
for me, it felt like it was so much worse to know that some days I might have the father who was really patient and understanding and wanted to help with homework and, you know, teach me how to ride a bike. And some days I would have somebody who made me feel like I had to walk around eggshells around the house to keep him happy and not like tip him off or whatever. Mm -hmm. So it was just very complicated growing up. And then all that coupled with very a very Christian home and my mama being still very devoted to the church and all that and us having to go to church every Sunday even though he didn't go mm-hmm. and I remember one time when I was probably like eight or nine I asked my mama I said is daddy going to hell <laughs> wow and she was like what and I was like because he don't never go to church <laughs> And the Bible says not to forsake the assembly. That's it. So it's, it's uh, listen, you can't take me to church every week and then not expect me to pick up on some shit. Oh, boy. I was like, so, you know, one plus one is telling we me to. And my mama was just like, don't talk like that about your oh daddy. That's still your daddy. Yes. Blah. And I'm like, but the question still remains, girl. Like, he could be my daddy, but he'd be smoking cigarettes and drinking beers on Sunday. He don't be at church. Like, oh my god make it make sense mommy. So, so yeah it was very much like this very and and so I learned early on that not only was he subpar but I wasn't allowed to be upset about it yeah. I couldn't go to anybody and say that mm-hmm. because it was that's still your daddy you know that's how my mama was anyway my aunties were a lot realer <laughs> and the older I got the more they would be like look your daddy ain't shit but don't tell your mama I told you that <laughs> you know whatever he do that ain't on you that sort of thing mm-hmm. but you know I just really struggled with it throughout my college years and really all of my 20s and my early 30s I really struggled with his impact on my life without even realizing that that's what I was struggling mm-hmm. with and it wasn't until after my relationship a few years ago that ended in domestic violence that was just so fucked up for me it really rocked me to my core because I had always said I had know what it's like to witness somebody going through domestic violence mm-hmm. and I will not endure that. Mm-hmm. I've always made that promise to myself. Mm-hmm. And even when we started dating, I told that nigga, if you ever put your hands on me, I will leave you. And that's exactly like I did leave that nigga. Like, yeah. but I don't think he was ready for me to actually do that. But it was like I could not break that promise to myself. But mm-hmm. I also wanted to know why. I stayed in a situation where I felt like I wanted to break up with him for weeks beforehand. Mm -hmm. And it was like, why did I stay? Why did I feel like, you know, all I have to do is get through this really rough part and then things will be better. All I have to do is help him get back to therapy, help him, you know, get on meds, support him, blah, blah, blah. And then things will be okay. And so, of course, in therapy over the past few years, I've learned that that's because I learned that behavior at home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And my mother was always that person. Recreating like, it, yeah. Right. And she didn't divorce him until I was in like my mid-20s. So at that point, the impact of him on my life had been done. Yeah. Whew, yeah. So when mm-hmm. I became more aware of the fact that I had all these core wounds and the biggest ones were coming from my parents, my mother less so. But, you know, when you feel like you can't be honest with either one of your parents about your feelings, that will do a fucking number on you. So um, I finally confronted both of them about how I was feeling. And 
he got very upset and decided he was no longer going to be a part of my life. And my mother had the exact opposite reaction where she was just like very apologetic and very much wanting us to work on our shit and all that. So I think um, the ways that he has impacted my life, I probably can't even sit here and count for you. It has been Mm -hmm. so complicated because some of the best memories of my childhood have him in it, have him in them. But also all of the worst memories of my childhood have him in them. So it's just it's really it's a fucked up line. It's a fucked up position to be in. But being able to advocate for my younger self is the best thing I've ever done for me because I'm finally at peace about it. I'm not feeling like there were days, weeks, months, years where I would just sit around feeling frustrated Mm -hmm. every day of my life and not knowing why, Mm -hmm. not knowing why it was not experiencing internal peace Mm. so now that i have that there is nothing that can get me to give it up but yeah it was it was a really uh you know looking back on it in hindsight i'm like god damn that was a fucked up childhood you Mm. know in a lot of ways but then in a lot of ways i felt very blessed and fortunate and i was told that i should feel that way Mm -hmm. we did have you know a house granted it was in oklahoma so it's not like it cost a lot of money to live there but (laughs) we we never were without water or electricity or food we had family and clothes and all that so but a lot of things were lacking on the emotional side a lot and I'm just really glad that I got the chance to to come to terms with all that in adulthood absolutely even though it ended in a horrible way Mm -hmm. and I knew it would Mm -hmm. it needed to it needed to end because I'm not going to do this back and forth you know kind of pretending like we have a good relationship you know, for mama's sake, because she would always be like, oh, be nice. Whenever it would be like, oh, your daddy coming by, it would be like, oh, be nice, please for me. And it's like, I'm actually not doing it for you. I'm actually not going to do this no more for you. Mm -hmm. It's time to do what I need and what I've always needed. So y'all just gonna have to sit with how fucking pissed I am. Mm -hmm. Right. And they needed to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's amazing. What about you, sis? Um, I think, um, so... My parents divorced when uh, I was I was young. I was probably five or six years old. And um, my father was still around, like he was still in the same city. Um, and I wouldn't say I saw him every day, but there was some sort of regularity to when I would see him. Um, but also, I think I want to preface this by saying that my dad struggled with addiction. Um, and I think that that very much... Uh, impacted his interactions with me and my brother. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, you know, he would be around um, and when he was around, it was good. Um, But when he wasn't around, he was gone and there was never any kind of warning or um, notice. It was like, you know, he's just not there and he's not responsive. So um, I remember when I was in seventh grade, we were getting ready for church on Sunday and my father called the house and said that he was going to South Carolina to go to his brother's funeral and that he would be back by the end of the week. Oh, Lord. And that was in 1995. I was in the seventh grade and um, I did not. He, he left and then I did not hear from him or talk to him again until two days before I graduated high school. Wow. Um, 
um, during that time, Niggas. there was there was sometimes when I would try to call like and or like you know the number that I had for him, and this was before cell phones, so I was literally calling a landline. Um, right. And then, you know, after a while, there was never any response and there was never any like answering machine or anything. And I just stopped calling. Um, so during that time of his absence with kind of like no explanation, um, I think it was interesting to hear a friend talk about how, um, you know, even like your dad's absence kind of taught you how to deal with. Um, like kind of shaped the way that you engaged with men and kind of, you know, I mean, even with the trust issues, you felt like he taught you how to um, treat. Be emotionally unavailable. Yeah, but as <laughs> as a means of, of defense and protection. Right. I think what, I, I envy that because I think my experience was the opposite in that I internalized his absence. And I mean, it wasn't any fault of my mom's or my family that was around. So even similar to, to your situation, friend, like we all were in the same neighborhood, same community, my mom's family and my dad's family, like my dad's sisters and brothers were members at my church. Um, so my wow. grandfather, like my mom's dad was their pastor. Oh yeah. And, and I would see them on a weekly basis every Sunday and yes. they knew that you know I was we were not in communication with my father and one of his sisters um my aunt Isabel she maintained a relationship with us um and I mean all of them were cordial but I mean my aunt Isabel was the one who really tried to cultivate a connection with me and Brian the rest of them it was kind of just like hey how you doing but you know we didn't really kick wow. it with them um but still, I can't imagine. But still, there was no conversation. Nobody said we talked to your daddy. We know where your daddy is. He's doing okay. Um, but you know, they wouldn't communicate with us. Um, but we later found out that they were communicating with him because, like, when he did come back around, he mm. was up to date. He knew all the things that were going on in me and Brian's life. That's wild. It was that one way situation. That's crazy. But it was. It was. Um, so it was. Uh, I internalized it and I questioned very much what it was that was about me that would make him not want to be with me. Yeah. Um, and even, even though, you know, my mom and everybody told me that it wasn't my fault and I felt like I heard that and I felt like the rational thinking part of me knew that it wasn't my fault because I hadn't done anything to him, but there was always this like questioning of self. I could have done yeah. things differently. I could have, maybe if I was this way, I mean, and then I think that that those kinds of things are like literally etched into me now, because even in my in my dating relationships or fr friendships or even any kind of relationships with men, I have to that's the that's the negative self-talk that I have to beat back. So it's like if I'm talking to a guy and I don't hear from him from a couple of days, I have to tell myself, you know, I have to talk myself out of. Um, self-depreciating as a rationale for that absence. So it's like, mm -hmm. oh, he's tired of me. Well, you know, well, it's, it's niggas leave. You know what I'm saying? It's only, you know, I'm I'm all, you know, it's all ha-has and kikis. It's all fun for a few weeks until the light comes on and niggas realize <laughs> that they don't really want to bang yep. with me. Um, so yeah. that's, the kind, oh that's the kind of negative self-talk so that I have to be back. Um, but, you know, my my dad's addiction um, I feel like was the cause of his absence and 
in my quest to kind of think like gain perspective about that now um I've really tried to really really trying to because I mean some days I'm good at it and other days I'm not I'm trying to maintain a a, a place of gratitude and like trusting um you know God's sovereignty because I I recognize that if my dad like even even in his raggedy I felt like maybe he felt like his absence was the best for me um maybe his absence was protecting me from the worst parts of him maybe mm. maybe his absence was keeping me and Brian from being exposed to things that would have changed us fundamentally. Um, and I tried to maintain that perspective and trusting that things worked out the way that they were supposed to. Um, mm, and, yeah. and um, because, because like you said, sis, things weren't perfect, but we had what we needed. Um, mm -hmm. And, yep. and, you know, the trauma and the, and the, the hurt from like rejection um, it's something that I'm very much dealing with um, right now. But I, I've I realized that had had my father been around when he was at his worst, you know, there's no telling what kinds of things, other things, damaging things, traumatizing things that me and Brian would have been a part of or privy to. So, yeah. So trying to have that have that space now. um, have have that space for myself now is is what I'm very much working to to kind of maintain and and be in but I think in my in my current adult life um I'm really working on um well I don't know maybe I should say it like this before I say that so so Crystal when you said you wish you wish that um you didn't have, you know, like your dad was absent, so you wouldn't have the expectation. Mm -hmm. That really hit me in my gut because my dad was mostly absent and the expectation never went away. Um, Damn. Damn. And it's something that I prayed to go away. It's something that like in my mind, it was like logically... I know that, you know, the situation is what it is. And I know that these are things that are beyond my control. But it was always like, you know, me just being a daddy's girl. For the time that my dad was around, it was like, that nigga could tell me the sky was purple and I would fight you. Like, you did. <laughs> my daddy said it's purple. Yeah. You niggas don't know what you talk about. Like, it was like, I don't care. Um, yeah. And it was just that that level of connection that we had even in the very brief, the brief times that we did have have time together, that connection was so strong that even through all the whack and terrible, it was always just like, well, maybe, like, maybe. And I think in my adult life, I'm trying to manage the maybe. Because. Ooh, girl. Because it's like. Even now, like, okay, so daddy was gone till two days before I graduated high school. That was in 2000. Uh, he came to the graduation. 
Oh my God, literally me. Took all the pictures. <laughs> Gone my whole senior year and then showed up for graduation. Shut and really? stood there yep. and took the pictures. He came for graduation and took pictures like and he did like something. Like he had contributed to, yes. like he had. Are y'all kidding I'm telling Listen, you. I told y'all me and Key are the same person. He came and <laughs> stood <laughs> proudly showing all his teeth in every photograph <laughs> as if he had anything to do with it. I was like, nigga, you literally just like, got here. you just <laughs> got here. So it's cool. Exactly. And I don't mean after graduation. I don't know what's worse. Yeah. Him just not being in your life ever or him being in and out. Like, like what's fucking worse? And you know what's crazy, <laughs> sis? Like, I love that you said that, that you never actually let go of the expectation, even though he wasn't there consistently. Because when I was working through this in therapy, I said out loud to my therapist, you know, I wish he was just gone so that I would have never wanted or expected any or hoped for any better. And then in that same session, I was like, but I also understand that if he was just gone, I would have a whole nother set of issues Absolutely. around it. And so the thing is like when you choose not to be an active, involved parent, you are making a profound effect on your children's lives, oh, wow. period. Mother or father mm-hmm. or they for or whatever the hell y'all are doing these days. If you choose to not be a part of your child's life, you will fundamentally affect them. Absolutely. Period. That's it. If, yeah. Yeah. And I think I, and get I, it, have, I have the double wound because both of my parents were emotionally unavailable. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think I'm yeah. interesting that Keenan and I... Uh, projected it differently yeah. where for you it was like you were looking for it and people mm-hmm. and for me I was running from yeah. it from people because it was uh, yeah. like I just didn't even want to give people an opportunity to let me down or reject yeah. me it was like I'm not even going to let you have that mm-hmm. I felt, and I honestly and I think so much of that place. has to do with the church oh, yeah right. I think a mm-hmm. lot of that has to do with the church because mm-hmm. you didn't grow up in like church culture and all. all that but the the church and especially as it pertains to women is very heavy on shame mm. and like internalizing what you did wrong and how you should be pleasing you know you normally god or jesus but since those figures are always referred to with male pronouns mm. and called the father mm-hmm. it's very easy to feel like if you are sense. in church three times a week like me and kia was mm-hmm. it's very easy to feel like if your father's not around or if your father's not pleased with you, it's because of something you did. I think the, the it's um, very easy to feel that important way. Important distinction, though. I Ooh. think that, like, you know, a lot of times we conflate like religion and those rules and rituals with like actual like relationship. And I think that that's the dangerous. Oh, yeah. A girl. dangerous place to be because it is because it's so common. We like you said in church. The rhetoric of 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 um, you have to kind of keep these um, rules and you have to kind of yeah. be in that that rhetoric pushes you to think about relationships in very transactional ways. Right. It does. And I think what I've learned in my adult life, especially, especially as in growing, growing relationship with God as an adult, is I've asked and, and really got a lot of of more insight into um understanding relationship um and and like as an unconditional kind of thing. And, yeah. and instead of it being like I have to do and be and embody and and ha- carry, you know, I have to 
be this person in order to earn um and and that's, yeah. and that's actually antithetical to what what i i i believe god is like you know like grace and all yes. of that it it cancels out the earning because none of us is deserving of it but like i have that's one of the things that i'm working on now it's like mm. yo um i've my my therapist showed me and very early in our our uh, sessions she was like you think about everything in terms of like transactions it's like you think of everything like you have to earn everything like yep. you, you think about like you know and you talk about what you don't deserve like your friends are nice to you because they're your friends not because you do certain things mm-hmm. for them or your parents mm-hmm. treat you this way because right. they love you not because you have to be this person so i i think that that has really been something that i had so that's just was a part of who i am i felt like in order for me to keep my father's attention i had to have certain things yeah and i didn't have them and that's why he left and that that definitely bled into my relationships yeah. and where I I was dealing with, with dudes and feeling like I needed to learn what they liked so that I yeah. can maintain their attention, but not from a healthy place, but from like a place of like, I don't want this nigga to just up and leave. <laughs> right. right. <laughs> That's so That's real. real. Yeah. And I can't tell you how many times I heard in church, you know, none of us, Lord, we just thank you so much for your grace and your mercy. Cause we do not deserve. We are trash humans. Mm-hmm. And then in the same breath, mm-hmm. You need to be doing X, Y, Z and A, B and C in order to earn the Lord's grace and the Lord's mercy. And Mm. you need to work for forgiveness. And there was never a message of you are okay just as you are. it's existing just right. as you are yeah and, and, and i you never learn, got that it was always learn. this is Absolutely. what you need to do yeah and you learn i learned through relationship and i mean my relationships with people have mirrored my relationship with god in that like you know the earning is off the table it's like i love y'all as my friends and because i love who you are as my friends and i, I appreciate and value our connection i'm going to cultivate that with you and by default that means i treat you the way that you want to be treated um and i and i do the things that you would ask or request of me in relationship and i think that that's the way that i think about things with god so like even in dealing with my dad um I've really, that's really been something that has, that I've been using as a tool um, at the suggestion of my therapist. Um, It's like, you know, just kind of recasting what this role of parent means for me. I like that. And and making sure that um, I am parenting myself. Um, yeah, for real. In the absence of my of my of my father, um, yeah, in, in the best way that I can. Um, and like I said, some days that's better than others, but that's just that's just what yep. it is. Um, but yeah, I think I, I'm glad that we're having this conversation. I think is absolutely necessary, and I know that we're not going to get get through or feel like we have. <laughs> fixed or solved or addressed any of any of our uh, (laughs) any of our any of our issues or challenges or or things but I did want us to talk about and we've kind of all touched on it but like what are things that we're doing now um 
differently? What are ways that we're moving differently? How do we think about ourselves as adults or potential parents or Jade as a parent? Like, how do we, what are, what are the things that, um, the experiences that we have, um, what, how have they shaped, shaped us, um, in terms of what we want to do, the ways that we, what we're shooting for. So we talked about how it's impacted our life thus far, but who who do we want to grow to be, um, given some of the things that we've experienced through our relationships with our dads? Well, I mean, thanks to therapy, I feel like I will be not the exact opposite parent because my parents, even my father and all his shittiness, truly did the best they could. That's the all best we he can could ask. do was that's all we can ask. I mean, and the best he could do was garbage. Absolutely. But, but he did his best. That was his it was true, you know but he did it. <laughs> right. And so I just am first of all so glad that I went to therapy before becoming a parent because I do Amen. not want to pass on a lot of the shit that my my parents inadvertently gave to me. Mm-hmm. Um so I feel like it will just make me a much more open, much more patient much more understanding and like willing to listen sort of person, you know, instead of trying to force your kids into whatever you think they should be, see who they are, find out who they are. These little niggas have their own personalities and traits and all that, that they were born with, you know? So I am just very excited to have the opportunity to see who this little nigga is and, (laughs) you know, adjust my parenting style for that kid or each kid. If, you know, I'm cursed with multiples, you know, that sort cursed. of thing. Right. I mean, because listen, I know a girl who got pregnant with twins her first time having Whoa. sex. Uh, her first having, time having sex. sex. She, the, her first time having sex. Okay. She got pregnant wow. with twins. Oh, no, I was nigga. like, that's a cautionary tale oh, if I ever fucking heard God. one. Oh, yes. And of course, she went to the church. She, she went to the church. Again. So everybody at church was like, see, that's what happens. <laughs> When no, you have sex did. outside of marriage, you get pregnant with twins. Oh, the first no. time. The first time you fuck. Like, what? What? Like, yeah. My heart just I mean, broke for that child. Bless <laughs> her heart. Listen, Jade's husband is in there right now building Noah's Barbie dream house. <laughs> so I feel like you did a way better job on picking a daddy for your baby. Well, you know. <laughs> well, you had I, a good daddy. Um, but you had a good dad as a right. You knew what to what to accept and what to not. And what it feels like. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm really grateful for that. And my, I'm grateful for my dad as a human being like my dad came to me recently because I had young parents so he came to me recently and apologized to me and I was like for what and he was like for he was like I feel like there was more I could have taken seriously I was out playing basketball and doing these things and I I feel like there was more I could have done to nurture you and I was like you were an amazing father (laughs) like you were a young father and being a being somebody you know who is the age that they are now, I was like, I can recognize where, you know, your priorities may have been a little different, but I never felt that as, I never felt that growing up. Like I never felt like we weren't priority to him. And just that alone, just having that humility enough to be able to come and apologize to me. And I didn't even think he did anything wrong continues to show me what an amazing person he is. And he continuously teaches me lessons as a human being. And then Tristan, as you all just mentioned, he was in there. He's in there building, building the Barbie dream house right now. (laughs) But he didn't have the best example of a father either. And he had very similar examples to all of you um, where his his was, you know, there, but like not there. Yeah. And also 
those kind of experiences, especially with my friends that I see, like Kia, your the, your experience with your father is more along the lines of what I've seen, like within my family. My dad's brother's a crackhead, and I guess that's probably wrong to say, but I don't really know what else to call it. An addict. And an addict. There we go. That's more PC, but it's a crackhead. And oh had two kids, my cousins, and was not a good father to them, which then turned into like really complicated relationships with the families. We wanted to be a part of our cousins' lives. Their family did not want us to be a part of their lives, but that's a whole nother topic. But just seeing the the example that my, like how my father tried to nurture his own niece and nephew, oh. even to the point, you know, where he, he did it to the point where he, he couldn't like nobody would allow him to anymore. He's just a wonderful example. He just really, really is. And I'm really grateful for my experience. I used to feel a little guilty. What? I used to feel guilty because no my else was experiencing Yeah, <laughs> I, I used that. to feel guilty. No, you should. Then, it's amazing. Right. I don't. I'm just really happy for it. I'm really, really grateful for it. And then seeing Tristan having not the best example of a father, but turn that into being an amazing father. It just it shows me that there is hope. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. For people with and then having you all as friends, you all are amazing human beings. And I know <laughs> that these examples have or these. Yeah, these examples and these experiences have really um impacted you in different ways but you guys have grown to be amazing human beings oh we try (laughs) (laughs) our best what was Um, their question again i don't know about amazing (laughs) i'm just here well yeah that's you weren't at the table when i said that (laughs) well but you weren't supposed to tell nobody that i was supposed to come back in seamlessly (laughs) and they never knew i was gone you're the one you snitched on your own damn self i did God damn it. Crystal and I really actually do love each other, y'all. We know we do. No, we, we do. talk this about our love like language. crazy, but that's because our birthdays are only days apart. This is our love language, truly. Right. And so this is just, you know, this is how Virgos communicate. We it get is. each other. We do. Friend. Friend. What um Um I mean, I'll be honest. I've for a long time told myself I wasn't gonna have any kids. Mm. Mm. I'm just now kind of coming around to it, <laughs> but I I feared not having the emotional capacity mm. because I wasn't raised with emotions. And I, I fear that that's going to come up with a child because they do say that your child triggers you beyond belief mm. and, yeah. and unearths. A lot of things mm. that maybe you thought all you had worked on. Shit. Yeah, like all those imprints yeah. just start coming right at you. And there's a part of me that's like, man, coming from two emotionally unavailable parents, I really don't want to fuck a kid up. Mm. Um, so there's that part. Um, and then I forgot what the other part was. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Right, I'm like over here in a fog, like, oh gosh. Literal Um, fog. (laughs) Yeah, literal fog. She's smoking up a storm. Jade is her marijuana. Incense. Incense. Um, But the second part of that, too, is that this is the first time in my life that I feel safe and happy. Hmm. And there's a part of me that's afraid to, like, now have to focus on someone else. Hmm. Because it's the first time that I am focused on me. And healing and living a life where I walk into a a home and I'm not in fear of what's going to happen to me that day. Like, it's my home. It's just me, you know, like, 
there's no lack in food. There's no lack in finances. Like I'm like you mentioned reparenting. <laughs> what a mood. Right. Uh, it's right. honestly me. And it's like this feeling of like, wow, this is stability, you know, like and I am taking care of myself emotionally. So there's nothing that I'm not giving myself, like even with self-care and wellness. That's become so much a part of my brand because it was me literally reparenting like. When do you need to go to sleep? You need to go to sleep like this. What are you eating? You should probably eat this because, you know, it makes you feel better. Like these are literally the ways that I talk to myself and then created a brand out of it. And I sort of feel like because I'm reparenting, it's like, am I really able to parent someone else mm-hmm. when I'm reparenting? <laughs> like, That's, You know I what mean, I mean? Yeah, because a lot of people are parenting without ever even considering that shit. Right, right. Well, yeah, but I... <laughs> right, so you could. That. Yeah, I just... It's it's a, almost a selfish thing, too, where it's almost like, I want a, I want to, like, be happy by myself for a second because I've never known well, yeah. happiness in life. At all. Well, you know, and I've you never should. known happiness in life and it's right. like, this is nice. Yeah. This is peace. This yeah. is like the first time yeah. my nervous system is not out of whack and that's a blessing. And so it's like kids are going to, you know, trigger that. Yeah. <laughs> they will. Yes. And that's, I like think when that's you clean your of, whole living room and, they and build, then the next and day. they go and build a fort. <laughs> she built, but first of all, it's a great fort. It's so cute. <laughs> It's great. <laughs> However, I do. Jade went off and did something in the house. And when she came back, she was like, where are you at? And guess where I was at? In the in fort. The in the yes, fort. she was. It was so Hidden. quiet. I was like, where is Crystal? I was in the fucking she fort. She was like, First I'm all, in it's the still fort. fun. <laughs> it's just as fun as it was it when fun. I was a child. It but as a kid. parent, when you go and purchase all this furniture to make yourself a lovely living room, because for once... You have some new furniture and you're like, I'm about to make this bitch my sanctuary. No, you're not. You're about to make a it little no sport. nigga comes through and says, fuck all that. <laughs> Crystal, same yeah. question for you. Oh, yeah. I love questions, especially when I remember what they are. I thought she Kia answered her. it. I thought Crystal was yeah. yes. See, Kia oh, said did. I oh, answered it. Never Thank mind. you so Kia's much. Kia's turn. Right. <laughs> Thank you, sis. You're no, welcome. Jade is. I think. Oh, hi, ass. <laughs> Bitch, pass the blood. I think that um, <laughs> I'm gonna try it. Friend, um, friends. I think what friend said resonates most with me. Um, I when I think about um, parenting or being a parent, um, while it is something I felt like I've wanted to do before, now I am more afraid than I've ever been. <laughs> oh man. Um, I feel like. I, and I think this notion of readiness, right? And like, you know, I don't feel ready. Will I ever feel ready? Um, that is something that I think about a lot. I'm grateful for perspective. Um, I feel like therapy and and just kind of like growth and prayer and all that stuff is kind of giving me a level of perspective and awareness that I don't feel I've had before, but I'm really, um, I think it's dope when you guys say that you guys are, um, healthy and whole and at peace and happy. Um, and I feel like I'm on my way there, but I feel like I got a little ways to go. Um, I think losing Brian opened up a whole set of things that I never oh, yeah. ever imagined that Definitely. I would have to mm-hmm. consider. Definitely. Um, and I think 
one of the things that I've been learning about kind of trauma and how you kind of manage it or deal with it and go through it is just kind of like accepting that that's where you are um, and, and being okay with, with being right there. Um, I know, I feel like I know the kind of, I feel like I have a lot more awareness about the kind of parent that I would want to be. Uh, versus me just feeling like I was qualified and ready to be a parent before. So I feel like when I was younger, it was like, oh, I'm going to be an amazing mom. Uh, until I sat down with my therapist. <laughs> and she, right. she kind of like unfurled. She's like, you sure? Unfurled this scroll. I sure won't. Unfurled this scroll of like, let me just show you all of the things Not that the are scroll. wrong with you. Yep. <laughs> Here you are, sis. Please. <laughs> like, like, She's like, let's take it from the let's like, That is so real. Where do you want to start? Okay. <laughs> it's like, oh. I learned that same thing it's from like, my therapist. Like, and that's why I think too, uh healing, I don't in my opinion, I'll say this. I don't think it's as linear as people think yeah. it is, where it's like I'm whole now. Yeah. I have my days where I feel so great. I see everything with such clarity. And then I'll get on the train mm-hmm. and a thought will be triggered by I don't know what. And suddenly, you know, the anger kicks back up or the same, yeah. fe- you know, feelings of doubt, even in the littlest ways. Like if I do a project and it's not received how I anticipated or if I feel like I could have done better, you know, those little things yeah. are what kind of brings yeah. me back into that spiral. So I think healing is really a day to day thing. That's why I call it mental hygiene. Yeah. Because it's it no is. different than your teeth. You can have great teeth, but it's still going to stink yeah. if you don't take yeah. care of yeah. it. You yeah. know what I mean? You can shower and have all your skincare, but if you decide not to shower tomorrow, yeah. guess what happens? Yeah. And I'm for me, I view my healing the same way. If I don't mm. stay on it, if I don't build a relationship yeah. with the with the processes and routines that I know will keep mm-hmm. me in a different space, yeah. all of that will come right back. Good and I, I think it's important for people to not think that we're sitting here like, yeah, I'm at home. Like, wow, yeah. to be healed. Because <laughs> <laughs> that's absolutely not the case. Like, I still I still have to see my mom in small doses because I know that that's what works for my mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I still had to decide that my dad is just not in my life because that's so work. Mm-hmm. You know, like, it's like, what are the processes right. that are going to help you yeah. get yeah. through what you need to get through? Yeah. Learning how to see my parents as people has been like monumental. Yeah. I think life changing. I think like recognizing and and trying to think about what life must have been like or could have been like for them. Thinking about yeah. what my mom was doing when she was my age. Um Absolutely. and literally just like girl. Like I'm just trying to get myself right. to work on time and thinking that she was responsible <laughs> for two whole human beings. Um, yeah, it's That's just so like real huh? how old they were when they exactly. Had us. Oh my god! It's just, on top of their mental health. At my age, my mama had two kids. I'm and a master's mama and a full time job. And that's why Literally. that's why most of them got issues, <laughs> right? I mean, yeah. We're gonna keep it all. The and way my funky. mom was an immigrant, didn't speak a lick of English cleaning radio stations, wow. being sexually harassed by white men all day because they knew that. She was the bottom of the totem pole and they can get away with it. Right. Um, having me navigating her mental health challenges, because like Kia said, her life was not was no crystal stair. Right. <laughs> and then also trying to take care of a kid. And so that's why even me understanding her emotional unavailability, yeah. I'm like, 
I, I get, get it. it. Mm-hmm. I get it. I can't even be mad at her. There's a level it. of compassion that has to take it place. Has to. Yeah. The compassion is real, but so is the I, that five-year-old, six-year-old, two-year-old, 10-year-old, 14-year-old girl deserved Better. A better parent. Oh, one thousand percent. And I did and agreeing to understanding both. Yeah, yeah. The compassion yeah. and the fact I mean, that you, you have to understand both. They can't yeah. coexist. I think they have. They to. do. They have do. To. They, they have to. Absolutely. They absolutely That's have where the to. healing is. Yeah. Yes. That's the intersection. Come on, friend. I think, <laughs> tea drinking mm. ass. No, but seriously, I think that's really important because without that, without that balance, like I don't know how I could be hopeful and look forward. And that's something that I feel like, even though I'm afraid, one of the things I feel like I'm making progress toward is really, really just um, believing again that Amen. it can happen for me. Because I think yeah. the trauma beat me down to where it was like, you know, it's not going to happen. <laughs> I'm just readying myself to just be in here with Maurice Greenleaf, my house plant, for the rest <laughs> of my days. <laughs> And we she just, really be talking about Maurice like that's her really boy. I mean, you say Maurice Greenleaf. You don't know what's his name? That's her son. He's right there. That's her son. You He's right. That's him, so girl. There he funny. is. Maurice Greenleaf. He's so tall. And I posted a post for him for National Sunday because that's my boy. <laughs> <laughs> he just makes me so proud. I can't deal with him. I love him Yo, so much. You're funny as hell. No, but for real, I think <laughs> I think that's where I'm at now. I'm believing and having that level of um, just you have to have the that level of awareness where you know you can see <clears throat> multiple parts of people because I, I've learned that I've got to develop these kind of compassion muscles. I've got to develop, but still develop the accountability because if I'm going to be in relationship with a nigga, right? He going to have, <laughs> he going to have his stuff just like I got my stuff. Yeah. yeah. And we got to learn how side. to coexist. Like we have to learn how mm-hmm. to coexist and be okay. Like we have, and it, and it's going to take work it's and it's scary. It's, it's it very is. scary, but I'm just trying to be in a place where I can believe that it's going to happen again. And that's just where I am in my journey right now. Hopefully a little bit down the line, I'll be able to say that I'm a little bit um, further or maybe I should say yeah. in the cycle. Not the not the linear, um, but thinking about it. Not the linear. Thinking about it as a because <laughs> it's not a it's linear, not a linear process. process. It is not. Yeah, but, just, but you know what I will say is really nice from what you're saying from learning people's shadow sides as well as like the lighter sides by looking at our parents Mm -hmm. and in our relationships, I found that I'm so much nicer to myself now. Mm -hmm. Oh, I definitely am. Because I'm more accepting of those parts that maybe I hid away because I knew that it wouldn't, it wouldn't make people love me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so I'm like, okay, let me put this away and just be the mask that will create an environment that's better suited. Right. And so those darker sides, as they're coming up now that I'm older and I'm like, come on guys, you can come out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because I'm at a point where it's like, people will have to love those sides too. There's yeah. no hiding that anymore. And yeah, you're going to uh, lose people. And for us, we're public figures. So it's extra heavy because it's like, you have Y'all people in your comments, <laughs> whatever. I be at home. I be at home. I reject that late. So while you're, while you're trying to figure your relationship out, there's people in comments saying they hate you yeah. and you're like, well, you're not alone. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Me too, bitch. Welcome. Me too. Join the club. Welcome. I'm right with you. We're having lemonade. 
Can I get you a cookie? <laughs> I've been watching Great British Baking Show. So we got tea cakes in the back, bitch. Bitch, why was I thinking the same thing? Tea cakes in the back. I've got townhouse cookies. Tea cakes in the back, bitch. I've got townhouse crackers. I always want to hit them up and say, you want to start a a group on Facebook? We can both be admins. Add me to the group chat, bitch. I don't like that bitch neither. You know, like everyone is struggling with that. So I find it funny when people say that. Um, But I do notice that I've been so much nicer to myself. And I enjoy that part of me now where if I fuck something up, whether it's, you know, I did something wrong in a dynamic with a friendship or even with our creative projects, whatever it is. Before I would beat myself up and I would say it's like a broken record where I would say it all day to myself, all day, all day, all day, all day. And it's like obsessive. Mm -hmm. And now I notice that I laugh at myself more because I'm like, girl... It's yeah. fine. You're a fuck up. That's fine. Everybody like, is human. Wrong with it. Yep. Everybody is Everybody human. Everybody deserves it. And it's so moment. nice. It's yeah. so freeing. Mm-hmm. Actually, when someone checks me about something like, oh, online, where they'll be like, I never expected you to say that. I find that so liberating. Yeah. Because I'm like, oh, thank God. You see, you see less <laughs> of the mask. Yeah. <laughs> you shouldn't expect nothing And more from of right. friend Cheska the hood rat. <laughs> All the memes, the gifts. Fran is a vegan You want to hear She's the new baby track? Fran's going to send it to you. <laughs> She's just a hood rat that drink aloe water. Shit, I know you do, girl. Thank you for she got rice me. water. I love it. Like Fran. In the double ankly auntie gang. Yeah. Okay. I literally am an auntie. Listen. I got a whole ass seven year old nephew. Oh. I got Noah FaceTiming me when she won Barbies and shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I think so to kind of piggyback off what Fran said, I think it's so important to to get to a place where you stop blaming yourself for being a human being, for having human act- interactions, for for things that weren't really your fault. Mm -hmm. And so all my life, I have been talking to myself the same way my father talked to me. That's so real. And, and did not know that Mm -hmm. until it was perilously too late. Um, And so it's only been maybe in the past year, year and a half that I've stopped dragging myself for making mistakes because I thought if I just beat myself up every day, I'll never make that same mistake again. But as my therapist put it to me, if a six year old spills a glass of milk, you're not going to teach them to never spill milk again by reminding them every day when they woke up about how trash they are for spilling the glass of milk. You're going to tell them, oops, we made a mistake. Mm -hmm. Pick up the glass, rinse it off, get some paper towels, wipe up the fucking milk, get you a Lysol rag or whatever. And two minutes later, max, the problem is done. You know, like that is not, you don't learn through shame and humiliation and bullying yourself and being mean to yourself. You learn and grow through being gentle and kind with Mm -hmm. yourself. But it's frustrating when you are somebody that other people are paying attention to because when other people are scrutinating, uh, scrutinizing your life, it's very easy to take their opinions into consideration when you really don't need to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's true. something else that has been a struggle for me in therapy. Like I grew up trying to match my father's expectations and then, you know, had these very crazy 
20s and early 30s where I was drunk or high 98% of the time and you know same and now <laughs> and now knowing that you know I used to abuse alcohol and I used to I wouldn't say I won't say abuse weed but I used to get high every day and smoke all day every day to get away from those bad feelings same yeah and so finally getting to a place where I can just feel the bad feelings for the first time in my 37 years of being grown is very difficult mm-hmm. yeah. it's hard and and like Fran said, it's not a linear process. There are days when I'm taking really good care of myself and I'm doing everything that You're is like, best I got this. for me. <laughs> and the next day I'm like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to get high. <laughs> we're going to play video games for the first four hours of the day. <laughs> we're going to take a break for empanadas and pizza. <laughs> <laughs> wow, are you me? We're going to come back for a tequila cocktail hour. <laughs> and then we will round out the day with clearing out the DVR. <laughs> you know, like... There are Absolutely. days when, and and honestly, before I was self-employed, I would have thought, what a dream life. But <laughs> in reality, the dream life is waking up every day wanting and being in a position to truly care for yourself in the ways you need it the most. Yep. And so, so much of my emotional healing and my emotional progress has been like me doing really well for a short while mm-hmm. and then going right back to my trash bag ways mm-hmm. and then be doing really well for another four days and then being a garbage bitch once again. <laughs> and you know what? I embrace it. I agree. Okay. At this point, after having those highs and lows mm-hmm. off and on for the past 18 months, I'm at the point now where when I wake up and I'm like, I don't give a shit about anything. I'm like, all right, bitch, let's ride it out. <laughs> let's do the least amount of damage. Mm-hmm. I'm not at a point where I'm binge drinking anymore. I don't smoke weed anymore. I mean, I do ingest weed, <laughs> but I don't smoke don't it. Smoke except it. just now. <laughs> when I took a hit off of Jade's nasty leaf blunt but I won't do that again <laughs> anyway don't matter it's delicious. <laughs> like I have I have graduated from masking all of my emotions with alcohol weed pizza uh, being distracted going on dates with people I don't even really like just to have something to do going to the club talking to niggas I don't care about just to have niggas in my phone I've graduated from that to doing very born, basic, boring basic bitch shit that is actually better for me mm-hmm. as a person. Same. Like, and, and taking away the shame and not being productive. Mm-hmm. And that's not just a church thing. That's really a Western society a thing. 1,000. It is. Where it's, yeah. And honestly, that's the society that we have created, not who we were meant to be as people. I don't think people were meant to work clock in every day, day no. nine hours a day, five, six no. days a week. I really don't. But we have been so indoctrinated with Mm -hmm. that message from the very beginning that anytime people say we shouldn't have to work in order to live comfortable lives other people be like fuck you talking about like (laughs) yes you should but no there are people who are born with disabilities there are people who become disabled there are people who suffer traumatic events and have to process that shit and none of those people deserve to be homeless because of it and i I honestly i talk about that a lot too because i took this whole um half of the year off yeah and everyone was like what how do you just you know decide that you don't want to create or work and I'm like people view productivity in terms of projects and but do you know the productivity in 
reprogramming your childhood trauma? Yeah. <laughs> like you, right? No, they don't. Why actually. doesn't anyone no. talk about that? Because, being, because not it. enough people are doing it. No. Like, do you know that That's I actually decided beings. to slow down because I know that I need. I noticed that I need to shift my energy more to my mental health. Yeah. And less to the workload, which is I was doing the opposite. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then something told me in my body, slow down because you're going to start making decisions that are based on uh, right. success that's more commercial yeah. as opposed to what your body's actually needing, what you're needing. And so I was like, you know, I'm going to just slow down now while I have the opportunity to. But it's interesting that everybody took that as such a thing of like, yeah. so what are you just doing? You're just home. I'm like, yeah. I am actually. I'm reading. I'm sleeping. I remember, I'm like, with my friends. Yes, I'm living. hanging out. I'm, I remember years ago when Fran and I first became friends. Uh, I think we were following you on Tumblr, maybe. Oh, yeah. And you, po- you posted a picture of some white girl who was ultra fit, had like a six pack or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you, the caption was something like, oh, I used to dream I had this bitch's body or something. Well, you say bitch. You know, you're so nice. <laughs> but you were like, I used to wish I had this body or something. And so I replied and I was like, oh, why'd you stop wishing? And you were like, bitch, because I have it now. <laughs> With like eight smiley faces. And I was like, well, first of all, go off. <laughs> but also, even the friend from then, six years ago, to the friend now, right, is a much more mentally balanced, yeah. happier, happier person. Percent. And it doesn't, and I am I am the same way as somebody who used to like be super into fitness. And then after this domestic violence incident was like, I literally don't care about anything. I it has taken all of this for me to get to a place where I'm like I'm just a human being mm-hmm. and I'm only going to take the best care of myself as I can on any one given day and I'm constantly trying to be better I don't want to be miserable I don't want to be the type of person who f- is spending every day feeling stuck mm-hmm. or unheard or frustrated but at the same time like I'm a I'm a real bitch despite what y'all may think of me you know on the internet or whatever real shit I'm a real on. person <laughs> with a real life and like so many facets of this life that you know nothing about that I'm struggling with every day like after that incident with me and my ex I stopped doing everything uh, thankfully I no longer had to work at MTV too they finally let Charlamagne show go praise God I was out of my contract <laughs> I mean, no shade. That that show paid my bills, but <laughs> I was happy not to have to be on TV every week. I had to go in every Wednesday to tape the read with my nigga, but you know, fine. Right. That's my job. <laughs> but I quit my job at Apple being a DJ at Apple, even though I loved it so much because the thought of getting up and going in for twice a day every week. Oh, wow. Yeah. It was like Monday and Wednesdays that I was on air. Mm. And just the thought of having to do it was too much. Like It was like after that incident with my ex that y'all know about because I kept it from the world for I don't know how long. Uh, but you niggas were there yeah, for me. For sure. And I just can't say enough how much it means to have like real friends mm-hmm. in your life. But after that, I quit the Apple thing and I was like. Oh, no. You know, because for so long I was doing Uncommon Sense every day. I was doing other random TV appearances. I was doing Drunk History every year. I was doing the read all the time. Touring. Touring constantly. And so after that incident, I just didn't feel like doing nothing else. I told Alex I'm not touring this fall. And we were taking a break anyway because Mm. Kid Fury was doing his stand up tour. Right. So I was like, 
great. I'll <laughs> stay home. So I was like, damn, I'm not touring. I'm losing so much money every month, not being on Viacom no more. I'm losing my weed money every month because I'm not working at Apple no same more. Same with me. This and I was like... The same with me this year. And But it was less about what people were going to think and more about like, I'm about to make less money. My career is about to be over. Like, I'm taking advantage of these incredible opportunities I have. And now they're going to all fall away. Literally and that year I year. made more money than I ever had before. <laughs> I hear that. Mm-hmm. And then the next that. year. Yeah. Cause, cause the think- next year I was the next year I struggled with the same shit. Right. And I was like, I definitely made money, less money this year. And then that same year, more money than right. ever before. <laughs> so it's like, but I think it is, is we have to, at a also, certain point you have to pay attention to the facts and figures right. of the situation. Hello, it's a sign. Yeah. I think it's also important to know because I mean, everyone's not in a position to, um, kind of like take, take that kind of time off but there are oh, other, and it's a huge privilege. privilege but there are there are other it's a choices huge privilege. that you can make around um you know what you're scheduling and what you decide to take on and your decision making but I think it starts off with the kind of intention that you guys are talking about and just being more thoughtful and balanced because that's something mm-hmm. I'm dealing with now um and even like fighting back your rights I'm so good. <laughs> that was Jay Coffin. That was that's actually a lie. Um, a black ass. No, but one. even like fighting, like you know, even professionally, like when you get your PhD, people think like, oh gosh, you have a PhD, and that's so amazing. But you don't realize that like you have to kind of maintain your momentum in terms of productivity and work, and like you know, the expectation is that you have to produce a certain amount of things or be in certain spaces and publishing certain things in order for like you kind of maintain your credibility in the space. Um, and you know, my, my, my route was, you know, a little unconventional. Like I didn't go be a professor. Like I decided to take a job working in practice and policy. So then, you know, what counts as productivity looks different for me, but I, I mean, I'm just saying all of that to say I am struggling or or not say struggling, but learning how to define what productivity looks like for me in this space. What counts as work for me in this space? Right. So like acknowledging for a long time, Jay would tell you, I thought of this as kind of like extracurricular. Like, you know, the podcast is just something (laughs) fun to do on the side. Like it's cute. It's cute. But I mean, more than I think about it, since I'm talking about my life and my work and I'm like, this is very much become a platform where I can talk about and share and still mm-hmm. be very much Dr. Kia in this space and I have access to the same amount of people or if not more people than I would if I were publishing my research but I can get to talk about it on these kind of platforms here so it's just more about kind of like having that intention of um you know like you like like you said earlier sis maintaining hygiene um and and give create spaces in your life where you yeah. can develop the relationship with the processes that you need to kind of work through your sh- your stuff like yeah. i'm still working and through my daddy issues yep. i'm working through all of that and that's productive and that, it that is. counts <laughs> and people need that to counts. understand it takes that, so much yeah. out of you to to process your childhood trauma mm-hmm. that's why people don't do it yep. that's why niggas be living for the weekend getting drunk as fuck high as fuck that's why people spend money they don't have on going out to eat or and any other distraction society obviously doesn't create space no. for you to even no. do that cause, mm-hmm. and it's right. obviously the science mm-hmm. that's what they want mm-hmm. because the barriers to therapy are 
90% of the problem. Right. The fact that there is stigma around it and people feel uncomfortable about going, I truly feel like that's a small slice of the issue. An exorbitant The cost. real problem, yes, right. No, the real, that's what I'm saying, sis. The real problem is the cost and the yeah. time that it takes to go to therapy. The fact that almost everybody has to work within their insurance. I'm so grateful that the therapist I found who was like available and we clicked immediately. She is not under my insurance, but thankfully I can pay cash every week to pay for that woman. Mm -hmm. Right. Like most people do not have that luxury. Therapy is expensive. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and then even if you can afford it and you do have it in in your insurance, you got to find the time to go usually after work Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. most people can't go before. Mm -hmm. So you have to find the time to go. And then that's time away from work, away from your kids, away from your family, where you have to make arrangements for some other shit to be done. And also what is unearthed in those sessions, you then you have to process. go be a parent. Yeah. Then you have to go be a parent yeah. or and go to work the next shit. morning yeah. while that's still on you. It's like, Man, I can't. fuck all that. The therapy hangovers so are real. Therapy. Oh, Girl, that's what I'm saying. Listen. Like, listen. like be like, I don't know. you're supposed to be in the office like, mm-hmm. good morning, oh, everyone. No. Mm-hmm. Look, and I, the thing is, I literally did that. I know what it is like to go to work, force yourself to go to work. Like my ex assaulted me on a Sunday night, Monday morning. I went and got on the radio at Apple mm-hmm. because it's what you have to do. It's, it's We have no choice. It's, it's bitch. If you don't go to work for me, it wasn't the money as much, which for most people, I think it's definitely the biggest concern, but it was not only am I missing the money for the day, I am going to get so many other people in trouble because this person didn't come to work today. Mm-hmm. And so it was like, I just didn't need all that on me. And so I told myself, you know, that morning when I woke up and checked for bruises, which is the craziest shit of my life, I remember saying, you know what, sis, this is a very, very bad day. But all you have to do is make it to two o'clock. At two o'clock, you'll be off the radio. You'll take the A train home. A train home. It will take entirely too long, but you'll get home. And then after that, you can drink as much as you want to, bitch, until you see stars. (laughs) And we will just be drunk as fuck and kicking it all day. (laughs) And I told myself that. Like I had to give myself rewards Mm -hmm. for leaving the house because otherwise I would not leave the house. And and when you have like and that was just me to support. Mm-hmm. And that was just because I really didn't want to have to dip into my real money to pay for my drug money. <laughs> so real. But when people are like, if I don't go to work today, my baby can't go to after school care. Hello. My baby can't go to daycare. Hello. My baby can't go to whatever extracurricular. The light bill, we're going to have to call Con Edison and get on a payment plan. It's like. You know, I totally understand. So, like, we what we really need is a societal overhaul. Ooh, I'm always saying, but that. capitalism will never let it happen. No, because you talking, you all talking about getting up and going to work. If you, if I'm dealing with something on Sunday, night, you're going to work. Not only that, but if my child pops out of the room, I got to deal with whatever I'm dealing with as well as right. Her, she's yeah. priority first, exactly, right. and that's how so many parents are not able to take care of themselves. Yeah, because they're still trying to take so care of their issues. own wound, yeah. wounded ass selves. Yeah. So what they can give you is bare minimum at best, which is like I said when I confronted my father about the shit he put me through. One of the very first things I said was, "I understand you had it really rough, 
And I have a lot of empathy for you. Mm-hmm. Completely. And what I'm so glad for is that I recorded that conversation mm-hmm. so I can always go back and listen to it mm-hmm. to make sure that I'm not misremembering things. Right. But like I said, I understand that you really had a rough childhood. I understand your father did all these things and it must have made a huge impact on you. And therapy has never been an option for you for whatever reason. I get that. And at the same time, you really hurt me and my brothers in ways that have to be talked about and dealt with. And that's where he could not take it. Man, yeah, because you you dug in deep with that. I did, like, yeah. right? Because at, at this point, it was it was like I took away his only defense. Right. Yeah. The last thing he could have possibly said is, "Well, you know, Daddy is broken because blah blah blah." And this is this. I already know that. First of all, I know you didn't know I know that, but right. I do know it. Right. So I'm gonna just tell you that I know it, and I'm gonna remind you that I am a whole ass adult. I am not that scared little girl no more. It is not impossible for me to talk back because for me, talking back to my parents it wasn't like a teenage rebellion thing or kids will be kids thing it was literally unfathomable that I would confront my parents in that way see I knew Kia would understand me with the same person see the light skinned people grew up with hippies I got a Dominican mama Right. There was plenty plates flying in there. Parents of color, period. Because I looked at her way crazy. Yeah. Right. So it was not an option to say how I really felt. It was not an option to confront. Mm -hmm. And that is a thing like what another thing that I think I will really let my children do is be angry with me, mm-hmm. be upset with me, That's be, be disappointed in me. Point. Mm-hmm. It's okay for you to say that because when you tell your children you can't share these emotions with me, you're blocking them off, not just from that interaction, but for so many other interactions that may mirror it in any kind of way. Yeah. When your kids know they can't come to you, you've automatically set up a wall between you and them and your children want to forgive you. Mm-hmm. They want you to be their best friend. Absolutely. You were the first people they ever idolized. You created their world, the rules of their world. They want to be in your life. Yeah. And that's why it's but so you important. have to be willing to address what you did wrong. And yeah. so many people are not capable. That kind of transparency, yeah. I think like for a long time, I think, I don't know. I've always got the impression that my mom, my mom thought that, her vulnerability would compromise her authority. Right. When, That's exactly what When it is. in actuality, I say all the time, like, I wish, like, my mom had it, it. It seemed like she had it all together, even with all the things that she was dealing with um, and, and struggling with all the things she was challenged by, the, the limitations that she had. She never, she never let us see her sweat. And there were times where I wish she would let me see her sweat. So then I would know yeah. it was okay for me to sweat sometimes. That's right, girl. <laughs> like, so okay. I would know, like, so I would know it's okay. So like, I wish that parents, like, if my dad would come to me and just own it. I didn't know what I was doing. I, your mama had these babies looking at me. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. Like, I think <laughs> yeah, that, I'd be wanting that. Like, you know what so I'm saying? Like, bad. just say, like, I didn't know. I think, I think that would have made it so much more. But for whatever reason, that barrier, like, like you were saying, sis, with your dad, like he couldn't handle you, like you, that accountability. Like, yeah. we needed you and you wasn't there. Straight. Like that. Yeah, Ooh, that's so real. Like, you know, I, I I was in Virginia, and you know, all the work that we're doing now with these conversations, something told me that my dad, for whatever reason, I was like, maybe he'd be willing to be more open, you know? So I texted him when I was in Virginia 
What is that sound? Tristan is. is testing out probably the oven on Noah's oh. dream house. <laughs> so I was in Virginia, which is where he lives. And I was there for work and something told me to text him. I don't know what. And I was like, maybe we could have dinner and talk. <sighs> and I didn't want him to apologize, but I just wanted him. Like you said, mm-hmm. it was that thing mm-hmm. of like, what if he just tells me, yo, now that we're both older, yeah. now that you have an understanding yeah. of life. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, kid, it had nothing to do with right. you. Your mom was fucking right. difficult. Right. I was dealing with yeah. so much problems. healing could happen. I was like thinking that he would be able to just hit me with it just like that. And I text him and I was like, I, can we have dinner? And he was like, I'm busy. And I was like, I didn't tell you what day. Yeah. <laughs> Wow. Exactly. I didn't even tell him what exactly. day. I mean, it did, because it didn't matter. It didn't matter. It didn't matter. Yeah. He and, was going to be then, busy no matter yeah. what. Mm-hmm. And he was like, I just, I can't. And I was like, I got you. And never spoke to him again. And that's the day that I told myself, you are living in a completely different timeline and yeah. you're expecting him to be there when he's already shown you yeah. Yeah. what timeline he's mm-hmm. in. Stop trying to create something that is yeah. not going to happen. Ooh. And it was extremely healing. And I even with Crystal saying like the part of my brand where I was like heavy into fitness and heavy into this and everything was so perfect and shiny. There was an episode we did on Friend Zone called Theater Mask a couple of years ago where the question I asked was, who did you have to become or create to get the love from your parents? Mm. And the only time that my mom would pay attention to me was when I excelled. Mm -hmm. So if the test was high, listen, come through, come through, come through. (laughs) If I got, you know, valedictorian, if I got the highest statewide exam. So I used to kill myself. I remember a teacher, mind you, this was like third grade told my mom, your daughter's nervous system is like really out of whack. She trembles in class. Like what is going on at home? Because I was so obsessive with perfection. I need to get every math problem right. I need to be reading at sixth grade level and third grade. And oh, yeah. Because that's the only way my mom would look at me. And so what happens is that translated even in business where it was like I was online. I had to be perfect and shiny because that's how you get love from people. And then finally I got exhausted because yeah. that's not sustainable. It's not. Because it's not who you are. You have to let people not like you. Yeah. you it's fine. It's fine. You it cannot character. possibly be for everybody. And not think no. that they are your parents that hate right. you. Like this is not just one yeah, big story of the right. world hates me. Like yeah. it's not your parents. These are huge. In the same way people online don't like you, your parents probably right. didn't, and that's fine. <laughs> I mean, when people come at me with invalid criticism, like it's one thing to call me out for acting like Jade. No. <laughs> because that bitch is problematic. But when people come at me for like something that is just an innate part of who I am. And they just don't like Or it. if they just don't like my opinion, then it's like, okay, fuck off, Herbert. Like I can say that. Because right. it's like I'm saying fuck off to the same person who always felt like it was okay to talk to me that same way or treat me that same way or be mad at me for something that there was no reason to be mad at me for. Like, you just don't like it. It irritates whatever within you. Mm -hmm. But again, that is within you. Like me as a human being, I am just fine. So, yeah, I know we've been talking about this for a while. We probably have overrun y'all's time. I mean, <laughs> I mean it's and a all great that, combo. But, yeah, I think but it's, you know, too, and when I think people really get important. triggered by you online, and this could be the hippy-dippy in me, mm-hmm. whenever someone is triggered, I always ask myself, what 
What are they teaching What are you seeing of Mm. yourself in me that just shook something up in you? Because there's no other reason I would be creating this reaction in you. I told somebody recently who I had been following for years online for a long time when you would say, you know, X, Y, Z, A, B, C. It would make me feel really uncomfortable and almost mad at you. Mm. And not until therapy did I realize it was because you were bringing up something within me that I was not ready to face. Mm. Yeah. I felt like I really feel like Oprah right now because y'all gave me a very Oprah reaction. But yeah, I told her it's because you were bringing up this stuff in me that I wasn't bold enough to face. And it wasn't even that I could even put it in those words. Mm -hmm. If you would have asked me, then I would have been like, oh, this bitch is so emotional. My God, why won't she just shut the fuck up? (laughs) You know, that kind of was my Twitter. No, friend, you know, I love you and your tender ass feelings. <laughs> but I would, I would, if you would ask me then, I would say, oh my God, I wish you would just pack it up, keep it under control. But that is because I was taught that my feelings didn't matter. So I might as well act like they didn't exist. Right. And so when people showed any kind of vulnerability, I thought, oh, my God, don't you know you'll be rejected? Right. Don't you know people will look at you bad for that? Mm -hmm. Because that's what happened to me. Mm -hmm. But that is not what we deserve as people. Amen. And so it takes so much to get to that place. Again, that is hard work. The easy thing is to go about your day using all kinds of unhealthy coping mechanisms and just pretending shit is not the way it is. Right. And it's not even just wanting that, but then also having the money, having the time, having the living access. in a place where you can access a therapist who can meet you where you are. Mm-hmm. Because therapists are still human beings. Most of them are white. Therefore, most of them are racist. They're sexist, homophobic, transphobic, xenophobic, transphobic, all that shit. They're all that shit. Mm-hmm. So having all these privileges that line up at once where I had this black woman therapist who I don't even know her sexual orientation, but I know that she doesn't see any judgment in mine. Mm -hmm. And she has always been able to hold the mirror up to me and be like, you are as you are an incredible human being Mm. and you never needed to be anything more. That little girl you were at six, seven, eight, when you were reading all day and making up stories and playing to yourself and all that. You would have never judged that child Mm -hmm. or made her feel like it was something wrong with her because there wasn't. And you're still that girl. Yeah. But the world in these circumstances have hardened you and made you into this way. And we just all need to get back in touch with that very innocent person inside of us who never deserved any of this shit. And also fuck Donald Trump. (laughs) (laughs) A perfect way to end this segment. Thank you, guys. Yeah, but fuck that nigga for real. Yeah, thank you all so much. (laughs) No, thank you. When Kia brought this up, you know, two months ago, we've been trying to get this on the books. I think low key, we were like, I don't don't want. And I told her, I said, sis, that's heavy. I'm all for it, but I feel like. You know, if I talk about this, I'm going to have to talk about the fact that I don't talk to my father because as far as the fans of the read know, he and I have a perfectly fine relationship. (laughs) So I was like, I really don't want to have to tell people about this. I don't want people to question me about it. You know, it's a very painful part of my life. But when she brought it up, I thought, 
you know, I think I'm finally ready to talk about it because y'all know all the shit I have done. Mm -hmm. Y'all know. Y'all know. (laughs) So it was that. And then it was the fact that we got a a question from somebody in, in the inbox that same week who was like, I'm dealing with a father who has emotionally abused me so many times throughout my life. What do I do? And I was like, damn. A synchronicity. Yeah. And not only can I help you, I feel like if I just give you advice from my therapist, it's not going to hit the same way as if I said, I've literally done the same thing Mm -hmm. and I know exactly how you feel. So let me talk to you about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it's one thing to talk from an intellectual point of view. It's another to talk from like a a human yes, experience and being Mm -hmm. able to relate to other people. Mm -hmm. So, but that was only after Kia brought this up because I was like, (laughs) listen, if I'm going to talk about it on getting grown, I'm going to have to say something first. Right. Put it out there. Just to put it out there. And so I'm just finally glad that, you know, schedules lined up and we were able to do this because I love my niggas so much. (laughs) I I love y'all show. It's about time that we had some grown black women <laughs> and not just, you know, mamas or wives. I mean, even though, of course, there's nothing wrong with being a mom or a wife. Like, but, you know, not. no, of course, not. <laughs> of course not. Of course not. Responsibly raising another human being is, Ooh. I think, one of the most incredible jobs you can do. Not just being a mother, right. but being a good one. A good one. It is an incredible job. But Kia also has 18 degrees. <laughs> <Duh>. <laughs> And is a whole ass doctor. And I will celebrate my sister. You should. And I will claim my 0.0018% of her doctorate. Every week. Every week. It's a communal degree. I got it for the hood. She says that, but only she has the certificate. So, you know. It's only until I photocopy that bitch when I go to her house. (laughs) And can I just say, our friendships have been such a big part of the healing process for for me. Mm -hmm. Because having grown so much. Yeah, there's so much trust. And like I said, what was injured in me was the safety aspect. Mm -hmm. And just knowing that, like, we love each other mm-hmm. like in yeah. a real way I don't fear yep. abandonment I don't right. like it's just like we are all navigating these spaces together and, and we surprise each other for our birthdays mm-hmm. and we gas each other online <laughs> when, when someone has a, a, a project all of us are online like and it's so genuine and it's mm-hmm. not a put on it's just like this natural pull of what happens when people love each other yeah. and know how to express it mm-hmm. and I just find that so beautiful because it's like this is healing for me the community is healing our work is healing mm-hmm. because as we are uh, getting healthier on an emotional level our work is changing yeah, totally. you know and, and it's I love good that. that it does Absolutely. you know it I mean should. look at Beyonce which I can't believe we're just not bringing up Beyonce <laughs> <laughs> but you know Beyonce did what the world wanted her to do what her yes, daddy wanted her to do she gave you the commercial mask and then when she grew up and decided she was going to take care of herself her work only grew and got deeper in intensity from there yeah. I remember how shocked people were when yeah. she dropped Lemonade because it was like <gasps> Beyonce telling her business it's like you feel things <laughs> you got okay, cheated on your dad you know broke your yeah. mom's heart like it was like oh my god these are real life issues yeah Beyonce mm-hmm. talking about like real shit and it's okay for us to be grown titty women <laughs> and to say things that honestly 23 year old me could have Never. benefited from amen not even little kid me no. I'm talking about early 20s me could have really benefited benefited from a bitch being like Shit's Did you grow hard. up in a two-parent home? 
<laughs> did it still kind of fucking suck? <laughs> then guess what, bitch? I'm the bitch for you. You know, <laughs> I could have really, I, I could have really appreciated that because everybody I knew either had a great father involved, mm-hmm. parents married in Same. the home and all that, mm-hmm. or had no fucking daddy at all. Mm-hmm. Same. It was like I didn't know nobody else who was in the middle. So anyway, I just want to say thank you to my friends for extending this invitation. Yes, thank to you. me and friends. Um, well, I'm I'm raggedy. Fran is not very. Fran's very veggie. Friends are organic. No, but Fran is organic as hell. This smells like Till she roses. get down on them sour power straws. Oh, <laughs> the red ones. Until I get her some of them. Until I get her some of them watermelon and strawberry oh sour patch kids. she lose her damn mind. Okay, <laughs> Mandy. Mandy from Horrible Decisions was like, "Friends, do you have any vices?" I was like, "She was sour power straws." Yeah. I was like, "Chips." And she was like, "Sour Bitch, and sweet candy." Yes, <laughs> friend loves junk. I People love don't know sour. that about you. I just sour. love sour Listen, candy. We be down People for the desserts. Be high. <laughs> Dre the green beans for snacks, but do. you don't. The girls' nights be full of nachos and all kinds of manners right. and shit. All you have to do is buy something without me and be like, I'll try oh, it. Okay. <laughs> she like, ooh. Ooh, nachos. <laughs> when I got her that big ass, the resealable bag of the strawberry Sour Patch oh Kids. Oh my God. <laughs> I think this I have nigga. teeth that fell out from that <laughs> damn bag. <laughs> so, but anyway, I think it's important to talk about. And, you know, as always, I say that if I can tell people my secrets and they don't end up on the blogs, then I have oh, some gosh. real friends. Indeed. That's some real shit. <laughs> Never that. When your secrets only come out when you tell them. You know you you're doing got the good. Right you got the right <laughs> That's some real shit. So yes, thank y'all only for y'all having us. Only y'all know a, who I've killed. Anyway, so. that's right. <laughs> and only we know where the bodies are exactly. at. Exactly. So thank you, friends. <laughs> Meet the scheduling assistant that works 24-7 behind the scenes to fill your calendar. From the moment clients book with you, Acuity is there to automatically send confirmations, deliver text reminders, and process payments. Never ask what time works for you again. Because with Acuity, clients can quickly view your real-time availability, self-book their own appointments, and reschedule with a click. Then, Acuity will automatically update the calendars you already use, like Google, Outlook, iCloud, or Office 365, keeping your entire life in sync. All you need to do is show up at the right time. Acuity even asks clients to fill out intake forms when scheduling and keeps all of their information neat and tidy and in one place. With the ability to manage multiple locations and employees, class bookings, private sessions, add-on sales, and recurring subscriptions, Acuity can adapt to any business. Save yourself from the day-to-day drudgery of keeping up with your clients and your busy schedule with Acuity Scheduling. For a limited time, you can get 45 days of Acuity Scheduling absolutely free, no credit card required. Just go to acuityscheduling.com slash grown. And I want to be very responsible of the things I say to my sister. Because everybody know I can be real petty. P-E to the T-T-Y, honey, honey, honey. So there will be no honesty box this week because we had a very long kitchen table talk with our very special guests. However, Comma. we're going to invite them to join in with us on these petty peeves. Right. Oh, boy. Let me get mine together. Yeah, get one together, friend. Wait a minute, bitch. Like, I, I thought really I was done. <laughs> 
I really hate when there's not enough mother in my kombucha. But I feel seen. Fran got me buying all them big label fucking products. So good. Dr. Bragg's and shit. Yes, you gotta shake it up. That's it. Apple cider vinegar shots. You got to shake up the mother. In Oklahoma, we take bacon grease shots. Shut up. <laughs> okay. So in so in honor of our petty peeves, Crystal Jean, do you have one? Um, I don't actually. A couple weeks ago, I cussed out a bitch on my show for um, oh no, oh, a no. white bitch. She took my clothes out the dryer. Oh, I'm sorry, what? No. She took them out the dryer and put them in, you know, them washeteria baskets Mm-mm. that be around no, the washroom. So she took, yeah. but sis, wait, the, the metal worst, joints with the wheels. Yeah, the metal oh, joints with the wheels. No. But she took them out the dryer thirty seconds after they ended. Oh, so she didn't even. She didn't give even me give me no good period. time. She didn't even give me no good time. She didn't even give me two full minutes. So, but. I continued to do my laundry. I got so mad. I immediately went to like autopilot. I continued to do my laundry. I ignored whatever she was saying. I had my headphones on. But when I saw her clothes were in the dryer, I opened that That's bitch. That's it. I would have put them like on the that. floor. I did. Yeah. I did. Yeah, good. I sure did. And, and I hope they curdled. You I don't know. Me. You I don't know what happened. But I hope they curdled. <laughs> because at so. that point, my clothes were done. <laughs> So I don't know what happened to Karen's clothes, but fuck that bitch. Still, I haven't seen that bitch or the bitch who asked me. That's did I? Like, is this the same one? Oh my god! No, it's not the same as that white woman who asked she me. She would not have lived to who tell. Who was like, was "Oh, you have to have one. a key to get upstairs." Yes, bitch. I know. I've been paying this multi-thousand-dollar rent here for years. <laughs> I have. I have been looking for this lady every time I go to. <laughs> Every time I go to Crystal's house, I'll be looking and for I've that been white woman. Praying for her. <laughs> yes. you don't find I her. I feel like they're related. Friend, stop it. Yes. My candles were. But what I didn't what I didn't say on the show, because I didn't find out till after we taped, is that afterwards, you know, Chris Morrow, the mm-hmm. white man who owns loudspeakers, was downstairs with uh Taylor. Shout out to Taylor who uh normally runs our sessions. Mm-hmm. And um, Chris was like, your read really made me look at myself differently. I felt like really guilty because I've definitely done that to people before. And I was like, you fucking colonizer. (laughs) Do not take people's clothes out the dryer unless you have given them like a good 10 minutes. How did we all? Because we got the clothes. 10 minutes. Because. And like, I was literally... I was downstairs so fast that my other load of laundry was done. not even out of the washing machine yet. The other washer was still locked. Oh, Meaning no. that bitch had, and the only reason she got downstairs before me is because she called the fucking elevator before me. So I had to wait for her ass mm. for the elevator to, to come, come back, back up to up. get me. Right. So it was like, so what did you say to her? I didn't say nothing. Oh. As soon as I walked in the mm-hmm. laundry room, I looked at, my clothes in the basket and then I looked at her and then I looked at my other clothes in the washer that was still <laughs> locked because it was still running and she started saying something but there was a there was a, a Tamla Man song on my iPod Take <laughs> Me to the Tamla King Man. yes and listen the Lord, the Lord took me right to day. the altar okay because <laughs> Jesus knew I ain't have shit else wow. to bring that day I was going to beat that bitch ass Ooh, but Jesus. instead I turned the dryer setting too low so that even if she did come back and close the dryer, it wouldn't dry on high heat. Oh, my and God. And then I opened it to make sure her clothes did not dry. 
And I hope she fell asleep. Yes. And that shit turned Channel to fucking me. cottage cheese overnight. Good. And she had to wash it all over again or just throw her panties oh, away because no. they all developed some sort that of yeast. Smell. Yeah, uh, fuck her. I had a similar yeah. experience in the in the oh, um no. laundromat in my uh in my building. Stab her, sis. The lady, well, the lady, like similar to you when she asked okay, me or tried to, uh, she she insinuated that you didn't belong there. This lady came downstairs. What? She came downstairs. I was like putting clothes in the dryer. And she started questioning me, like how, like you know, white women do. And it's like, um, do you live here, ma'am? First of all, it's ten o'clock, Yo. and I'm wearing my slides. <laughs> and this house coat. So you, I mean, what, do people come in here off the street and use the laundry? <laughs> Talk about, I've never seen you before. I said, ma'am, this building is two towers. Each tower has 16 floors. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't, of course you, you haven't could seen not me before, have, stupid bitch. You could not have possibly believe that you have seen every single person that lives in this building. <laughs> well, I just wanted say? to know. I just wanted to know. Um, you know, I just never seen you before. I just want no, ma'am. You wanted to ask me if my name was Nadine and I was a white woman, you would not be asking me these questions. Yeah. You want to know what this black girl is doing in this building, and I will let you know that I'm folding my towels. And if you don't get out of my face, you're gonna be picking up your teeth. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so tired. Listen, I mean, because I pay my I rent mean, at, and I pay it yes. on time. On time and in full every fucking month on that. or before the first. That's why when white people try me, I'm like, bitch, do you know how much harder I had to work? How much more I had to do to See, be in this building here? that you just deign to live Ooh, in? Like, man. Are you Girl, serious? Kiss my ass, bitch. This is like the building of my dreams. And meanwhile, you slumming it in Harlem. So like, <laughs> bitch, get your life together, man. I mean, listen, so I understand, sis. I like, really do. You? I have had to talk to these white women crazy. I'm not some little. <laughs> I'm not some little colored child off the street. <laughs> and even if I was, is this what you choose child. to argue with people about drying their clothes? And like, what you gonna do? You gonna call the Jakes because I'm down here folding <laughs> towels? <laughs> <laughs> you look stupid. <laughs> Gentrifiers are something you look really the fuck dumb right now. I've been struggling yes. with that, man. I told oh. Chris Merle, don't ever do that crazy. shit again. Don't. <laughs> don't do that shit again. Don't take no don't touch nobody's Don't draws. touch nobody's clean fucking clothes. Oh don't ever God. touch my clean clothes and put them in a bare basket. Listen, I told myself the heat in the dryer would be high enough to burn off her white ass germs. <laughs> 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 That's what I said. Because imagine had she put her clothes on my clean, no. her hands on my clean, dry clothes. I would have to burn all my eyes. I had, to, I I had an experience every... when I was at UConn. This white boy took my stuff out the washing machine and I made him, I took his car and I was like, we're going to wash these clothes again since you want to touch my clothes. <laughs> oh, shit. Black women don't play about their clothes. I said, what you won't be doing here is handling my brassiers, sir. You better get your behind. <laughs> not brassiers. <laughs> Get your behind. We're literally not doing that. I know you. I know you don't have your hands on my drawers, Lord. Don't touch my drawers. Even when I don't ever. When I had a delivery service doing my laundry, I still hand washed my bras and underwear because I was just like, I'm not letting strangers touch my panties. Is this a church thing? 
I, you uh, know that's the reason I haven't used the service. Oh, see, so no, it's a black girl thing. Because no, I'm just like, I can't. <laughs> I was talking to XD about that because mm. he was like, come on, you got to get with the times. I'm like, I don't want no one handling my underwear. No, I don't. Well, I have too much laundry to use laundry service. Oh, so. yeah. Mm. But you got a whole ass family. Yeah, we we yeah. can't. We can't. Bi- no, bill I understand. $600. Right. <laughs> Woo. Well, so yeah. Sis. Oh, oh shit! Mine. Yeah, we were still on mine. <laughs> yeah, and mine was like a double because I just kind of. What's your petty pee friend? I friend think I'm like I'm gonna have to give it to um delivery men. Mm. See, I paid this extra fee Listen, so that you can come I to mean, my door. And knock upon it. <laughs> Ring the doorbell. Do not call me with an attitude. Talk about you downstairs. downstairs. I said, well, the elevator is on your right. And they get mad. But then they get mad when you say, okay, this is what I always do. They're like, I'm downstairs. And I'm like, do you need me to tell you the apartment number? (laughs) (laughs) And then they say, I already know what it is. I'm like, okay, great. So I'll see you up here. Yeah. And I usually hang up and then they call back and they're like, well, I'm not coming up. And it's always an excuse. Like, I can't I have my bike or my I can't find I don't want to double park. And I'm just I like, I paid I did. <laughs> extra yeah. fee. I, did. I tipped really well. So I door. wouldn't have to leave. Right. And it's literally a double fee because it's the delivery fee and, and then the tip. Service yeah. fee. And the, t- uh-huh. and the service fee. Uh-huh. With Three, Uber, triple. it's really like $10 and just fee. Minimum. Yeah. Minimum. Minimum. So it kind of blows me how they are always so angry about it. Oh, no. I had a nigga tell me. <laughs> they want to argue with I you. had a nigga tell I, I won't argue. I'm like, and you know, I lie every time. I'd be like, I have a sprained ankle and a sleeping baby. Oh my baby. God, why do I do that? <laughs> yes. I have a leg injury. I told this nigga the other, I called, so this nigga calls the other day. And every time I say to them, I'm like, okay, so you need to find apartment such and Hello? such on the pad and I'll buzz you up. So usually they'll do it. This one dude says <laughs> to me, uh-uh, I'm not doing that. That's what happened to me. I <laughs> said, excuse me? Uh-uh. <laughs> He said, "Uh, uh-uh, uh, I'm not doing that." <laughs> I was like, oh, "I'm." It was like the Diddy gift mm-hmm. with the guy. I'm not doing that. I was like, "It's like who's going?" I fold? saw red because I was like, "If I don't get my food and I'm not going downstairs, I'm going to blow my fucking." That's brains. exactly what happened. The dude said, "Well, I'm not coming upstairs." So what happened? You didn't get your food. And I said, "Well, I'm not either." So what we gonna do? <laughs> I was like, you drove all this way just to take it back. And then he was like, well, I don't know. You got to figure out. He hung up on me. So I literally, I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm not getting that food. Let me tell you something. Because between Grubhub, Postmates, Uber Eats, and American Express, I'm going to get my money I'm going to get it back. I literally was, I was like, I'm chilling. And then five minutes later, (laughs) wait, my doorbell ring. (laughs) Yo, five minutes. And he, yo, when I tell you he flung He was big mad. <laughs> I know he was so pissed. He flung that shit at me and I laughed so hard. Because I was like, like, you're Have crazy. a blessed night. Have a blessed night. God bless you. I'd open the door with a gun. I was like, I, and then I started laughing. And immediately went to jail, bitch. It's a BB. It's a BB. It's a you BB. can't even have a you BB can. gun in New York City. I was like, have a good night. And she knows that. <laughs> when you laugh, though, that's when they get real bad. That's yeah, when he was so mad. That's when they get like, real bad. You know Yo, he was pressing that elevator button. How, you know when they're like, 
<laughs> they be rushing living. even when they not mad, but when they live it, <laughs> they get pissed. That's why I understood and when, you when laugh, Lizzo took that girl screenshot and she posted it. Did y'all oh, hear about and this? She, gonna be, she getting sued for that, right? She Shut really? up. That's you, what well, I, saw I saw on Twitter. Apology. I don't know if it's true. She did, apo- like, she did apologize. Well, I saw the original post and I thought, sis, you got too many followers for that. You know, the girl said she can't even leave her house. She's been like, no, ain't nobody recognizing that bitch off of that little time. I don't even know. Listen, you're going to say what your lawyer told you to say, okay? This is true. She is under emotional distress. That's why I'm saying in real life, in real life, nobody's like, that's that bitch, Shantae, that's the It might be the internet's wild. Maybe the people you went to school with. Okay, girl, all 500 (laughs) of your Facebook friends know that shit. When they told. But you know what? Anyway, the point is, I have I have had it happen twice where the food I ordered on an app magically made it to my door, but never never actually made made it it to my apartment. Oh, that's another twice. Mm -hmm. And I've got my money back in full every time. But I have also been pissed enough to understand exactly where Lizzo was coming from. Mm. I have. I have. I'm too. not saying it's right. I'm no. saying I understand. Yeah, I understand. Because the thing is, and people people will be like, "Well, you need to check your privilege." And blah. blah. As a human being, if you go meet somebody <laughs> where they at, and you hungry, yeah, and a nigga whole ass lies about delivering your food. I had a nigga lie on my lift the other day. Said he picked me up, dropped me off to Stop the location it. that I put, and marked the ride completed. Oh, that's just crazy. You whole oh, no. ass stole out of my out of my bank account. So famous or not, I'm a human being with right. emotions. And um, for, she didn't. Was that the right thing to do? Absolutely not. Do I condone the actions? Especially Absolutely not. Girl's face and everything. Yeah. Like that's just it's irresponsible. But also as but a human being, it. that's what <laughs> but I, I understand her reaction immediately. One girl said she, she you know how hungry she was. One girl on Twitter says she went the food never came and she was just like whatever she went downstairs and turned the corner and she said the guy was in his car eating <laughs> sing <laughs> and even that girl the girl <laughs> with Lizzo's food was like you know I waited downstairs for five minutes or whatever or I called multiple times and did the doorman the say she no that's what I'm saying if there was a doorman or a concierge in a nice hotel Trust me, I've stayed in nice hotels. They will call your room directly when there is delivery service. Yes. They won't let them go up. That's but true. Let you know but they there. will contact you or they will hold the food for you. Mm-hmm. Especially, I know Lizzo is not staying at the fucking Holiday Inn Express. No, she's not. No. So, or the La Quinta. you know, <laughs> I have a feeling sis smelled a paycheck when she saw it and I'm not I mean, I get it. I get it. I get it. Because when you come up on an easy lick, it's like, why not? But at the same time, I'm just saying as as somebody who has had their food mysteriously disappear Mm. from these courier services Mm -hmm. before, I fucking get it. Man, I get it. My petty peeve. I get it. Well, my petty peeve is very short and it was crystal inspired. So what did I do? Alicia Keys. Oh, yes. <laughs> For the longest, we knew that, that Alicia Keys said 32nd <laughs> in so Linux. <laughs> or you don't know my name. And that doesn't exist. Nope. <laughs> no. And Crystal actually said that she addressed that and said, well, everybody knows that I meant 132nd lie. because everybody takes the one off. Nope. So my petty peeve this week is for that lie. I have lived in my whole life. Like, I don't know a friend. single person in this world who has, who has ever, ever taken said, the one off? Meet me on thirty. <laughs> all, all of my black life. 
I have ever. never removed Nobody's ever told me I live on 45th and Broadway. <laughs> I live on... Maybe we say... 37th and We Saint say 132, like, catch me in 132. No, one, okay. but nobody removes the one. 125th. One, we still say 125th. Or at 125th. I heard we somebody say 25th. But I feel like 125th Street is kind of like a landmark in Harlem. Exactly. Where, where someone would say... Everyone knows what you, you mean. What you mean when you say 125th. No one has ever said 32nd. <laughs> Alicia, <laughs> not a soul. Not Just to clarify, it's 39th and Lennox. Okay, 39th. 39th way, 42nd, hey, are whatever. Chelsea? Are you in Harlem, sis? Which one? Because you can't be in both. <laughs> That's enough. Actually, I'm, so I'm Googling it now and I don't see... Her saying that doesn't scraped it from the internet. I'm just saying, doesn't mean it doesn't exist, but I don't see it. But Genius has this line highlighted, and it's like there's been a lot of commotion about this. (laughs) Dead. Because New Yorkers know there's no such thing as 39th 39th and Lennox. And one of our friends used to live at that corner, 139th and Lennox. Do y'all remember? Yes. Yes. And so we were, I was like, oh my God, nigga, you live on the, you don't know my name. <laughs> but apparently there was a diner on 135th in Linux. Um, no matter. 39th in Linux doesn't exist. But yeah, Genius says that Alicia probably just said that to avoid a bunch of people what looking diner? up a diner. Jimbo's? Jimbo's <laughs> called Harlem. Nobody's diner. No, it's not. <laughs> but it was something called Pan Pan. Yes. <laughs> not ever. Are you black? Not Are you kidding me? Ever. Get out of here. <laughs> right. Jimbo's is anyway, a not so glorified is, crown fried chicken. Every time I have brought this lyric up <laughs> to New Yorkers, they've been like, diner. I don't know what you're you talking a, about. You can get a decent burger, but it ain't no diner. You sure can. Yeah, yeah, no, for like no. you can get some, some, some okay pancakes. It'll be, be the biggest burger in the world. That's right. <laughs> but you, <laughs> yes. And I love Jimbo's. You know, they closed the chicken spot. Which one? Which on one? 139th. What? The one that was around the corner from his building. Oh my God. Who was it? Is it the Kennedy? Yes, it was a was Kennedy, Kennedy or chicken. Oh. No, I think Kennedy. it's Crown. It was Crown. Is it Crown? Kennedy and Crown are two They're the sides same. One, 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 the two. one in the same. Yeah. But, but considering <laughs> that being chicken. such a big staple on that block, I'm like, yo, this shit's getting crazy now. Yeah. Watch, they probably going to put... Crowns and Kennedy's on clothes. Exactly. Damn. And they probably going to... I mean, it's put, gone. They've been putting up them Texas put chicken juice and burgers bar. all over the place. <laughs> They're going to put a juice bar. You know, right we have a, a taco and tequila spot now. I don't know. Oh, yeah. Gentrification is coming rapidly. It's called like Cali Lily's tequila let's go I mean, same I, I actually but... would love that right now <laughs> I'm sorry I'm part of the problem <laughs> well that is another episode of getting grown yay, yay. thank you guys that was fun <laughs> thank you to our beautiful sisters for coming we and partaking in such an important yes. discussion thank Thanks you for, for having me yes I know we went way over time so sorry like to your listeners right our bad three but would you, would you like Damn. to let our, our listeners know um, what they should do um, with what <laughs> in case of emergency <laughs> yeah Break stop drop and roll okay yeah that's, that's what it is this week if you're in a tornado <laughs> warning situation I can help you hide under a desk <laughs> no bitch that's actually the last thing you should do no. you should go to the innermost room of your oh, house yeah, no windows and shit right a room with no windows Oof, yes try to find try to take everything off the top shelf you if you doorway? can Nah, so the doorway, if you have no better options, like if you are in a house with glass walls, 
then yes. Well, all I know. So then but that will be my a petty closet peeve or a bathroom. Is my petty better. peeve is if you move to Oklahoma, then Oklahomians or whatever need to tell you. <laughs> it's Oklahomies. It's Oklahomies. Oklahomies need It's Oklahomos. The Oklahomies need to let you know, first of all, what that crazy sounding alarm is. Oh, that it's man. a tornado. First of all, you will figure it out very, very fast. No, I thought it was haunted. If you don't know, you're going to learn today. You thought the city was haunted, bitch? With a siren the whole city could hear? I didn't know. You smoke too much weed. <laughs> Maybe I do. <laughs> but I know that you and your fellow cronies did not tell me Had you that grown it was up a tornado in Oklahoma, like the rest of us, you would have been known. <laughs> Nor did I know what to do when an actual tornado was coming our way. Wow. I was freaking the fuck out. You but anyway, that. well, I will tell the listeners, you all can drink your water, mind your business, and what else is? Moisturize, because your black will crack. If it's dry, like Felicity has some huff, man, and she going to jail. <laughs> yeah. Look at Diamond and Silk. I mean, be very careful. bitches are deteriorating in front of our eyes. Agent, like Amen. avocados. <laughs> Bananas. Bye. <In> pajamas. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>